This is a HeadGum Podcast. Hey, Nadpoles. Caldwell here to talk to you about Hero Forge, the best place to get fully customizable tabletop miniatures with dozens of fantasy species and thousands of parts to choose from. I actually just built a version of my Underdark Gnome Illusion Wizard, Kraslo, for use in a home game my friend has been running, and it was incredibly fun getting to scroll through all the options and details to bring this mage-handed menace to life. Their easy-to-use design tools let you build your perfect miniature online using a fully 3D, in-depth character creator right in your browser. Oh, and before you ask, yes, Hero Forge has goggles, and yes, Kraslo is wearing them. So if you've been thinking about splurging on a miniature for your D&D campaign, wait no longer, because May 2nd to May 9th, Hero Forge is having a spring sale. You can get 10% off all physical miniatures and free shipping, including international shipping on all orders. The figures are tiny, but the savings are huge. To take advantage of this great offer, visit HeroForge.com to start designing your custom miniature today and check back often because new content is added every week. Ooh, good to know. Kraslo just got a hat of vermin in the campaign, and I really want to find an annoying top hat for him to wear to represent that. In the meantime, that's it for me. Thanks for listening, and happy forging. Welcome to the campaign after the campaign. This is not another D&D podcast. Happy Thanksgiving, uh, people of Bohemia. Happy Thanksgiving, Happy everyone. Happy Thanksgiving. What's a fantasy Thanksgiving name? It's got to be called like the oh, Harvest. Oh, Bounty. It's got to be like yeah, uh, the Harvest Bounty. Bounty. Harvest Bounty is Happy perfect. Harvest Bounty. <laughs> and I hope you have a, har- a bountiful harvest. Yes. I hope your fields were fruitful and fertile. <laughs> Indeed. Just- I hope you gathered by the hearth in the time of the turkey. Oh, that's also a good one. Bounty of the Fertile Field. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Just, <laughs> I think maybe that's part of the prayer that they say um, oh, on Harvest yeah. Bounty. Uh, you know, I love it when fantasy writers just have to come up with nonsense to replace perfectly good things. Yeah. It's just like, it can't be Tuesday. It needs to be second day or something. It's like, <laughs> yeah. fine. I guess so. Does Game of Thrones do name day? Is it like, did they make that one up or is name day a like an actual one name day i think name day is like an old thing right that's gotta be seems an old like thing. we should know that i don't know Birthday maybe i isn't... only know it because of game of thrones yeah. I think does it's game thing. of thrones do um do other names for days of the week uh, I, I don't think so. I don't know if I think they don't so. mention it, which yeah. I think is the best way to go about yeah, it. Yeah, I think of, so too. Instead of being like, um, I'll meet you over there on December 13th. Just say, in 20 moons, yeah. we shall yeah. meet. It is wild. Oh, yeah. Say like, like when the tide hath turn. waned twice. Yeah, yes. like is... a moon's turn. And um, I mean, they have winters that last for 10 years. So yeah. it's hard to imagine they have like days of the week. Murph, yeah. you are absolutely right. And it is so wild that the word Tuesday has never appeared in a Game of Thrones book. <laughs> Just so strange to think about. Arya, Arya tossed and turned sleeplessly. Another, another, <laughs> another restless Tuesday. Tuesday. Just another shitty Tuesday on the road with the hound. Just another manic Monday. She just couldn't wait for it to be Friday. Arya loved Fridays. <laughs> TGIF, said Silvio Farrell. <laughs> uh, yeah, guys. Uh, so thank you for listening. Jamie Lannister said, sorry, tomorrow's Sunday, and I don't do anything on Sundays. All right. I must uh, veg. <laughs>
<laughs> Guys, we got a lot of questions to get to. Right, uh, we're doing right, a right. Q&A. We're doing our Hearthside Chats. Um, because it's Thanksgiving and, you know, I need a little time off from uh, prepping and preparing and editing, as it were. So we can um, prep and prepare turkey. Yeah. That's uh, right. But don't worry, you can still hate your family on this yeah. day. You can yeah. still think your uncle is sort of a bad guy. Yeah. You can listen to this podcast. Yes, yeah. but we also put oh, out the Trinity Vale episode the this week. Be the petulant teen who has their earbuds in. That's at a good move. Thanksgiving and be listening to Nadpod. Cool, yeah, and take a selfie with your angry mother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, hashtag Nadpod. Uh, put your headphones in. Snap a pic with an angry family member. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, guys, we put out the Trinity Vale episode this week. So really, you got to play episode this week anyways. Yeah, so, we yeah. rolled the dice. We rolled the dice. What so do you want? Unless, unless it's to say harvest bounty. <laughs> <laughs> yes, let us know how good your harvest bounty is going and only tell us if it's going good. I got one more good fantasy name Ooh. for Thanksgiving. Earth's birth. Ooh, Earth's I'm birth. into it. A happy Earth's birth to us all. <laughs> And now I shall birth questions out of my mouth hole. Mm. Wow. Great uh, transition. So, Thank yeah, you. perfect. I love it seamless. When mouth holes birth. Seamless. Uh, so, I think maybe we'll start with there are some repeat questions, and uh, there were so many questions. We got like over 200 between Twitter wow. and Patreon. <gasps> Gracias. That, Delicious. Uh, I feel like maybe we'll answer some ones that uh, kept getting repeated. Yeah. Um, one was. If your characters die, what mm. do you guys kind of have an interest in playing next? Okay, well, I mean, I've talked about this at length on the short rest. <laughs> oh, um, are you talking the skeleton? But... Her, her thick skeleton? <laughs> What's one that might replace Moonshine? Oh, oh, you're talking about Big Bone Jones. <laughs> Big Bone Jones. <laughs> skeleton. Ooh, I uh, like it. Yeah, it's just a different uh, enunciation. Well, you have a rule about uh, us having to play a different race. Yes. Okay. I don't know. I, I think it'd be fun. We don't have any... Well, I guess, like, Moonshine's an elf. It'd be fun to play a Gladeholm elf. Or a Gla- Gladeholm? Oh, like a... Yeah, Gladeholm. Uh, high elf? Yeah, high elf could be interesting. Oh, and, like, kind of clash with Moonshine? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's hard because we just we just did, like, created, a like, new characters for Trinnyvale. Mm-hmm. Yeah, So that's I'm, like, kind of, like, riding that high of a new character. So, like, my... Uh, my wandering eye with characters just like isn't there right now. Interesting. Um, because I'm feeling really sated in in the metaphorical bedroom. Yes, between uh-huh. Onyx and Onyx and Moonshine. <laughs> I mean, I you would look for another lover. I do. The one uh, class that I keep wanting to play is Wild Sorcerer. Yeah, and I guess you're not you're not doing that. You're doing Celestial Warlock. With, no, uh, I'm actually doing a Hexblade Warlock Hexblade. with Onyx Lumiere. Absolutely. You know what I think you would actually really like, Jake? And it's the class I use for Old Cobb is it's basically, it's still a fighter, but it's an arcane archer that I basically re, like, reskinned to be a uh, gunslinger. Oh, interesting. Mm. Yeah. I have a arcane question. Arcane archer? Yeah. That's fun. I have a question, Murph. Um, if, if we had to re-roll new character... We wouldn't be starting at one, right? We'd be starting at a more advanced. Yeah, level. you'd be starting. You'd be okay. starting at like level eight. In yeah, that which case, you guys are now. I would come up with some really weird. Oh, like multi-class. a multi-class. Oh, yeah. yeah, I would use the opportunity. The yeah, because I was like, I was texting back and forth with Caldwell about some like multi-class stuff, but we were for a Trinnyville, but we were starting at level two, so I was like. No, I, if you're going to, I wanted to like dive right in. It's so hard because you want a multi-class, but then you see what's coming up on your next levels and you're like, ah, <laughs> it's so enticing. Maybe I'd be an orc. There's something kind of cool. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. 
Works I, cool. I, I don't know if I'll ever be able to play somebody that's not big. You know? <laughs> I like that too. Orcs, half orcs, goliaths are yeah. big. Every time I see uh, fan art of the show, uh, I'm always like, dang, hard one looks cool, so cool. <laughs> Huge. It's awesome. Let, you know, let's get into the specific questions. Uh, spicy Pinata asks, "Do you guys? Have I want to play a spicy pinata. Do you guys have any pre-game rituals? I like to have a healthy pour of rum, and I'll make sure to roll out my ones for all of my dice before Ooh. playing. That's good. We... That's almost exactly what I do, except mm-hmm. replace whiskey and rolling out my ones. I just try to hit a nat twenty. Yeah, yeah. Kind of kick off the session. Yeah. Once I roll that twenty, I'm like, okay, I got my hand hot. I don't do it every time, but if my uh, inventory sheet is getting too crowded, I will rewrite all of the notes uh, and inventory onto a new sheet of paper. I like to have it all organized by inventory and interesting characters we've met uh, and special abilities I can do. Wow. I, I, just going back to the dice, that's more interesting. I like to press the D20s into my uh, forefinger and my thumb so that I get a one and a 20 like, imprinted in my fingers. <laughs> I had no idea you did that. And now I will be looking for it every time I've we play. I've seen you do that. I didn't realize you did it every time, though. Yeah. It's so much it's effort. Like, I don't even know if it's superstitious. It's just habit. That's like Russell Crowe and Gladiator when he like picks up the sand. Yeah. It's like <laughs> it's like respect, almost. It's like, mm. when you go, it's like when you see people clapping at shrines. That's what I'm doing. Y'all seen Gladiator? Yes. Great flick. That's yeah. good. <laughs> I, I will also say to Spicy Pinata that that is uh, exactly the same ritual we have in um, Brendan Mulligan's uh, campaign that we yeah. play with uh, me and Get Emily, Siobhan, and uh, Zach Oyama. Uh, we roll our ones out yeah. uh, at the beginning of every game. Mm. And then you have a lot of fun together. Then we have a lot of fun together without really? Jake. It's fucked up. Now- Specifically, we miss Caldwell. We, we <laughs> are happy to have Jake. Oh. I'm just happy you guys miss somebody. <laughs> Uh, Kevin R. asks, are there any character moments that any of the players look back on and feel they accidentally let their real personality show through as opposed to playing the character? Hmm. I have to think about this. I don't know if there's moments that I feel like I let myself shine through more, but more so, I guess, there's moments I wish I could have just been a little more Bev. Mm-hmm. Like I think it was like it wasn't like I was letting Caldwell shine through. It was just I was like right. mixing the two a little too much, uh, and I didn't inhabit Bev, Bev enough in that moment. I think it's right. necessary to a certain extent because you can justify acting insane because of your character or something. It's just like Bev's goofy, so yeah. When the uh, king's about to kill his dad, he would have went out and tried to give him a vomit berry. It's like, but that's not actually Bev's character. He would know like. To behave. Yeah, he's got like basic reasoning skills. Yeah. Right. But do you guys have any moments time? where you're I like, to... I was metagaming or hmm. oh. I um, should have done this? Because this is more in Moonshine's character or Hardbox character. I have two. One is when we met Cooter on the road and on our way to Galateron, that was so heightened that like it was really, it felt really wrong to just like be like, cool, thanks for letting me know everything's super fucked up at the Crick. I'll see you in a couple weeks. So I did feel really bad. Like, I turned my back on my people there. Um, and then my second one was with the Watchmen. Um, mm. Because, like, cause, but, like, with that first one, it was the same thing. It was like, I really wanted to see Galateron. And then I was also really excited to do, like, a heist and try and, like, <laughs> save Bev's dad. So it was like, that was the player Emily being like, yeah, but that seems really dope. 
So yeah. I like I yeah. felt bad. Like I feel like the character Moonshine would have just like parted from her party and gone with them. But I just wanted to see Galateron. Um and then the second one was with the Watchmen, like when we were supposed to kill him. Uh I felt like Moonshine I I was doing like a lot of mental gymnastics to justify why Moonshine would be on board with killing him. Yeah. There's definitely moments it would break down into full on kind of rail stopping arguments mm-hmm. i think but like we do kind of do some gymnastics just to keep the story moving along yeah because like i was like right. sure that sounds like fun i definitely want to do that but then i was like moonshine then, just met her indifferent god i don't yeah. know how she feels about meddling in this affair but we were able to get to it we were able yeah. to get to a justification as as, yeah, as soon as we turned on the red tape yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um i feel like for me I don't, I can't think of a specific time, but like all the time when I'm driving home, Mm. I'm not like, oh, um, Jake, you were too much Jake during that. But I'm like, oh, this is something that would have been cooler for Hard One to do. Or Hard One would have done this, you idiot. Jake, why didn't you (laughs) think of that? You know Hard One. Uh, So yeah, sometimes I, I like realize that I didn't do Hard One justice in the moment. Yeah. I have a lot of stress about that too. Like when like you'll like interact with someone and been like, that's not like Moonshine would have Moonshine would have nailed that interaction. Yeah, and I just like fuck. That's just that weak ass Hurwitz inserting himself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just a tired human. Yeah, trying to make goose. <laughs> yeah, recording the third podcast of the day. <laughs> I'm but not the sprightly of, boy. In terms of metagaming, no, I've never metagamed once. <laughs> in my life. I do think it is necessary to. Uh, you know, I, I think that being like, oh, that's what my character would do or whatever. If it makes the adventure less fun, then that's not cool. Oh, yeah. but I have another one. I have yeah. another one. I was planning on multiclassing as Barbarian forever. And then I got cold feet about it um, because, like, I talked to some people and they were like, no, multiclassing is really bad in 5e. So I got cold feet about it. So I had been building up this anger and moonshine, um, like, throughout, like, the entire thing. And then the Maribel thing, I was like, this is going to be where she, like, learns rage and, like, learns to use her rage. And then I fucking bailed on it. I got cold feet about doing Barbarian. But then, luckily, Apple Scrumper showed up. Yeah. And I was like, sweet, I could use this as my justification for going yeah. Barbarian. You don't have to be angry. You could be inspired. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think, if anything, maybe it makes a little more sense. Like, you saw how she fought. You've been hanging out with these uh, two Hulk sword dudes for so long. For these two sword dudes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, Molly F. asks, uh, all World War II jokes aside, what are your actual theories on where, when Balnor is from? Oh, well, it's World War I, actually. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's 1914 Austria-Hungary. <laughs> yeah, right before the Franco-Prussian War. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess um, my theory is that I think that, like, we know definitively that he's from the future. He's definitely from yes. the future. The Watchman said that. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and since he is like actually a halfling and probably not from the United States of America yes. or Hungary. Yeah, uh, was, there are a lot of people who are trying to like put things together. I, I don't know if they're joking or if it's like joking, but also theorizing. Uh-huh. There are a lot of people who, because of the like jokes we make as Balnor, think that he is actually from America. But keep in mind that like, Bev jokes about like going to Ruby Tuesdays. Yeah, hard one like Sprite. sliders. There's Sprite. Like I think sliders exist in Bohemia. <laughs> sliders I think exist. Everyone's just joking 
And but it's like wishful joking the way I do it. Uh, yeah, like well, I would love to do a non-canon episode. Like if we ever did another live show where it's revealed that Balnor is fighting in World oh War One, I think that'd be really nice fan service. We transport to Balnor times. By yeah. fan service, you mean like player service? I don't want to. Yeah. I don't want to turn everyone onto a war criminal. Like I the can't rest believe <laughs> that the band of boobs killed Hitler. Uh, but anyway, Caldwell, what were you saying? Oh, I think you I guess have like a theory. Yeah, my theory, I guess is that like there's going to be some war coming up in the future uh, between probably like Ilsaid and Theala or some other unannounced uh, entity mm-hmm. and Balnor will be conscripted into that. Um, yeah. I don't know if like if there's any relation to us currently with Balnor. Like I've seen people talking about the fact that maybe Balnor is like uh, Beverly's offspring somehow. Yeah, like um, in Dragon Ball Z. Oh yeah, like the trunks. Like a really like trunk Terminator trunks. <laughs> That's interesting. I guess I always chunky trunks. I feel like I think this the same thing, but I I never imagined Balnor being from like the far distant future. I always imagined yeah. being like a, a a a year or two of and it's like Theala's big war with. Us oh okay. I kind of hope he's from like a future that we can change. <laughs> Um, but I, I also hope he's not Bev's offspring. Yeah, me too. In a weird way. I hope it's okay to say that, but like, I would like to, I love Balnor, but I would like to think that, that Bev would, and he, you know, he can be really badass, Mm -hmm. but I would like to think Bev's offspring would be like even more badass. Whoa. Hey, (laughs) come on now. Don't you insult the the holder of the bag. (laughs) You take, hang on, I'm going to have you take some damage. I got to roll on this. (laughs) Uh, I just grabbed a bunch of dice. Balnor is Bev's nephew. Okay, I'm okay uh, with that. Uh-huh. You take 23 damage. Wow. For being disrespect is damage. Is it psychic damage? Yeah. Okay. For being Onyx rude. is dead. <laughs> it's, too, fine. it's mercury poisoning damage. <laughs> Uh, I like. I love the idea of us meeting present day Balnor, and he's like thirty six. <laughs> so we just met him like ten years from now. Oh, that's crazy to think a Balnor could meet a Balnor. Yeah. Whoa. Two Jesus Balnors. Balnor loop. But ba- ba- double Balnor theory. There's uh, just not enough tuna in Bohemia to sustain two Batunia. Balnors. Batunia. John N. asks, if the band of boobs each got one wish, no rules, what would that be? And Murph, how would you monkey paw those wishes? Ooh, that's a good um, condition. I'd wish that my parents were alive. Oh, man, uh, easy. Undead fucking monstrosities. Oh, come on. You got a monkey paw, right? Yeah, it's a monkey paw. I think I just wish for the crick, for everyone to be able to return to the crick and for it to just be at, like it was. Oh, beautiful um <laughs> fuck it up oh shit uh i would do it maybe before moonshine was born so that you don't get to enjoy it i would so like that go, I, I don't exist anymore yeah oh i you, would probably trade my existence for my people yeah to i have, think you would live wait before she was place. born or after she died oh maybe after she died or perhaps that's that poetic. would just perhaps i would just want a new crick maybe oh. i'd be open to the future that's that's a little too sad to live in the past mm. mm-hmm. interesting yeah, I think mine would just be making sure that everyone gets back from the Feywild, mm. uh, which is like, there's a lot to work with there, I guess. They come back, but they're super old or like they don't want to come back. Right. It's sort of like people that come back from Burning Man and they're like, that's the real world. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was in the real world. Yeah. Or like when you you're don't in- don't use money there. <laughs> it's all hugs. <laughs> oh, that one's easy. They all come back from whence they came. 
yeah. in that chapel, and Thiela kills them all. Oh. Jesus, Wait, that's what? more than a monkey paw. That's a monkey back. bitch slap. <laughs> Wait, oh, so they come back. Yeah, like, they, and you want to come back safely. They uh-huh. come back. They're all safe and sound. Everybody's healthy, but they're in that same pull orchard. Oh, uh, yeah, right, dude. I would open the portal elsewhere. <laughs> no, that's your wish. I I had a monkey pot. I'm sorry. That was right. part of the question. Okay. Damn, fuck it. I wish, I wish hard one. I, I you wish already got one. monkey no, pot, I, I wish he was you seven foot two. It, your parents are zombies. <laughs> seven foot two? Yeah. Okay, seven foot two, 55 pounds. You're skinny as fuck. Okay, no. <laughs> I'll take, I'll take, no, you're gone. I'll just, take the undead parents. <laughs> dude, I got it. Hard one skinny and it's canon. Yo, dude. I, I, I want to talk to mushrooms. <laughs> you want to talk to mushrooms? I, like every they mushroom. all hate you. Oh, no. <laughs> Murph is having too much fun. We have to stop. Okay, what if I wish that um, that Papa was the strongest creature in all of Bohemia and was immortal? I wish Papa was immortal. Okay. All other possums are dead. Uh, everybody else dies. Papa lives by himself for eternity. In a white uh, void. Oh. He's miserable. He's miserable. He his really no does defend. rely on community. Yeah. That would be wild That's if his like, they finally get back from the Feywild and Papa's the only one left. Yeah. <laughs> but he's immortal. Truly, this is truly disturbing. Yeah. Uh, don't, got, hey, don't do these things. Hey, uh, Victor T. Hey, sweeties. Just wondering what your Balnor's boy? That is Balnor's yes. boy. Yes. Uh, from the Patreon. Uh, hey, sweeties, just wondering what your band of boobs characters would think about your Trinivale characters. <gasps> hmm. um, probably want to fuck myself. Yeah, I feel like <laughs> on- Onyx and Moonshine would get along. Power couple. You would put mushrooms in your craters. <gasps> Ooh. Start mushroom gardens in my craters. Wow. And then, um, and then Onyx would teach <laughs> Moonshine the joy of pastel. <laughs> <laughs> you think your characters would fuck? They would absolutely fuck. What are yeah, you I talking guess they about? Would. I think it'd be a beautiful pastel mess. Oh, uh, with uh, I just had a really gross <laughs> thought about the anatomy. I don't want to even say it. <laughs> Involved mushrooms in other places that they shouldn't be. Although they're both low status, and I my characters tend to go for high status people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Onyx, Onyx dates gnomes in the other campaign. Oh, that's true. I forgot the lowest about that. of the low. It's funny to picture Balnor and Jens Lindell hanging oh. out. Everyone would hate Jens, and Jens uh, would hate everyone. Yep. I can't think of anyone that would like Jens. Beverly and Jens could possibly get along. Potentially. <gasps> At first. They're both fancy boys. At first, but then Bev would pull some shenanigans, and Jens would be very upset. I think yeah, yeah, Jens yeah. would be very upset, but then he would keep like noti- like uh, he would keep noticing Beverly's like nice touches, you know, like his like nice armor or fancy clothing, mm-hmm. yeah. and then like be wooed back. Beverly would like uh, Jens' uh, erotic dances, I guess. <laughs> Beverly would fucking go to town on that zip line. That Absolutely. Kalu Kale. Oh, yeah, <laughs> uh, I think Hard One would think Nyak was a dweeb because Nyak is like from a loving community where he uh, uh. really enjoys the company of his parents. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you think Hard One wouldn't like a buff dude with travel tattoos? <laughs> oh, Nyak's more ripped than buff. I think that <laughs> he's he like would... a good point. That's a very good okay. point. Yeah. He's, he's actually probably has more of a, an old cob body. Oh, interesting. Ooh. I picture him looking like Disney's Tarzan. We yeah, haven't I talked that, about yeah. Nyak's V. Does he have one? He has a vicious V. <laughs> oh. If you've ever seen George of the Jungle, that's his body. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. He's. Frazier was ripped in that. He's ripped. Movie. He's yeah. absolutely You know what? Shredded. You're right. It'd be a rugby player meeting a swimmer. Holy oh shit. God, you just stretch man. out a rugby player? <laughs> yeah, dude. Just Hardman would love it, actually. <laughs> just drag that rugby player into Photoshop and just transform him. <laughs> you, can, you can respect a guy that's ripped in a different way. Yeah. 
Yeah. Wow, he's so open, <laughs> so progressive. <laughs> We're all ripped on the inside. Uh, ben had a suggestion for a mixed bag. Okay. Uh, sort of a question, but I think this Ooh. idea is very fun, and I think we should definitely do it for a mixed bag uh, uh, for the Patreon. Uh, ben said, for a mixed bag, I think it would be really fun to have the uh, Band of Boobs try to replay the Moonstone saga at their current levels and see if they could <gasps> speed run it in 45 minutes. Oh, Whoa, that's so Damn. fun to give it like a time limit. Like a new game plus? Yeah. That'd be super fun. Just like running right up to the sunken keep, no sneaking, no climbing, just like busting the door. That's just stabbing so that alligator funny. right in the head. Just doing the Bullywog mating call, uh, and even if it On fails, purpose. just killing all of the Bullywogs. <laughs> doing You're a Bullywog it. mating call to get them all to come over. You're a deceptive little motherfucker. Yeah, you might be able to do it. Like a performer, too. I think you might be able to do the... Yeah. Okay. Give him a D20. Let's see if he can... Oh, let's see what oh, your... uh, I was saying, I, I, I believe the DC I had set in my head for the... Bullywug mating call since it was such a ridiculous idea like was 25? DC twenty. DC twenty. Yeah. Okay. Wait, what did I use deception it? or performance? Uh, I think you, I, I would probably allow you to do either one. I don't have my stats in front of me, but so plus uh, eight. I performance. Uh, performance. Yeah, no, persuasion is plus seven. Uh, but all my other ones are like plus four for charisma. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> what did you get? So poetic. <laughs> Shout out. That's crazy. All right. Yeah. Yeah. They rush they rush out. They rush out. uh, They stab me in all of the softest bits. (laughs) Moonshine and Hardwood continue on to the sucking keep. (laughs) I'm kind of interested to play it because it is possible that you guys would be so brazen that you would be like rude to the people of Moonstone. And if you're fighting like Mishka, Shay, et cetera, et cetera, it might get a little dicey. Yeah, they're high level. And all the barbarians, yeah. <gasps> the question is, would we successfully endear Shay? Would we save oh, Mishka? Oh, if you were buff and awesome? Yeah. yeah. Mm, good question. Shay's I like this idea. raising an evil dragon right now. Let's just talk about that real quick. <laughs> maybe, maybe you would succeed on your dragon handling rolls and wouldn't get acid all over your face. God. Uh, Michael McDee asks, uh, assuming all goes well in the north, when it comes time for the Band of Booze to start heading back to the mainland, have you guys given any thoughts to how you will travel without an airship? Oh, Uh-oh. shit. Uh, I'm sure that the Coldanes... <laughs> Dude, where's my ship? The Coldanes will let us a cool dwarven <laughs> one. It's got a big drill on it. It's going to be rad. Ooh. They definitely... They have, like, sea ships. Mm-hmm. I mean, if there's some sort of like airship that's like mass transit, that's like public transportation, huh. it might be kind of fun. Yeah. A public transportation airship would work. I, oh. was, I guess I imagined Jaina was going to bring the airship back after she saw. She's going to be gone Mima. for like maybe 20 days. Yeah. And everything. Did you say it takes like 10 days to get down there? Uh, it's going to take, I think, over five days. Over five days. And I guess days. like coming back isn't really the safest thing for her uh-huh. either. It, it would be good for your boat to. Park it in uh, Frostwind. Depending on how yeah. we how we do this, I mean, maybe the people of Frostwind will be celebrating us so much that they'll just loan Give us, us an airship. Maybe yeah. more likely we'll be escaping under the <laughs> cover of night. We'll steal a ship. I guess that's probably what we'll end up. Yeah, with. maybe a a, maybe a giant will just throw us. That could work too. Wait really a second. Hard. If we wanted to steal a ship, we could work with the thieves guild we've just installed. <laughs> oh my god, that's exact. And they'll and they'll crew the ship. My little oh. band of pirates. Oh, and then we can keep those little those little babies forever. Yeah. We'll just I get love our, their yeah. little voices. And their wispy little beards. <laughs> our birds shall deliver us. <laughs> oh, that's true. I could I could maybe like summon some animals. No, I, yeah, I meant that the Thieves Guild was our little birds. Yes. Mm. Oh, right. Our little birds. <laughs> that was <laughs> my birds. But I, I'll also ride a big-titted elk all the way back. <laughs> oh, yeah, we can just do that. 
Yeah, could you just transform into like a big whale with boobs? Oh, I'm gonna. I'm actually gonna be able to transform into way bigger animals if I take another level of druid. I believe. Mm -hmm. swim, I think I'm right on the like cusp. How close are we to? Here's a question for me. How close are we to leveling up? Are we not that close? You guys, you guys haven't had that many fights, and I'm kind of just to kind of prolong the campaign and stuff. I'm using kind of video game rules where it takes a little longer to level once you get higher level. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So once you guys are uh, that makes sense. We haven't really done shit. Yeah, since. you guys, you guys leveled up after Smuggler's Bounty, I think, before I think so. Frostwind. Okay. Yeah, yeah, but what have we done in Frostwind besides yeah. get my girlfriend killed and uh, beat fought, up a bunch of dwarves? Yeah, you kids. fought some Akarat guys. You yeah. fought some giants. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're gonna have to do some fights. Yeah. Pretty soon. Yeah. I think next, like, big encounter, like, big story encounter. Mm. Yeah. It'll just be like when we tabletopped Ruskak. That should bump us up to level nine. When you kicked shit into How many experience trap. points did we get for that? Uh, you got 10,000. Wow. It's not Whenever bad. I picture that, it really makes me laugh because I picture Moonshine doing such a successful soccer kick with just a oh. little pile of poop. I picture it slow motion until it goes in, and then it's just like. <laughs> it just, he swallowed it. He swallowed it. it. <laughs> it's in. Just like the form of a soccer kick is like so. A bicycle kick <laughs> unnecessarily. I think it just like. Went right down his windpipe too. <laughs> it, like didn't there was like no friction on it. Down yeah. his throat, at his ass, right away. <laughs> uh, I thought this perfect pass. I thought this question was kind of interesting for the characters. Uh, Evan O said, "What locations have been the most memorable? Where would each character want to retire if they mm. live to retire? Oh, age? the Ooh. crick. Yeah, the crick. Everybody yeah. lives at the crick. Hard yeah. one. Hard yeah. one. Fucking loved the crick. I feel like the entire campaign, he's he'd been like falling in love with the crick culture." Like from the the crick water, Old Cobb's his best friend. He loves moonshine. Mm -hmm. Like, and then going to the crick was so beautiful, and he fucking worships Mama. Yeah, it yeah, was, that is true. Hard one really does love the crick. You really yeah. made the crick like um, what what's that ride at Disney? Like Splash Mountain, yeah. like all the fun stuff before it gets scary. Yeah. <laughs> So it was quite beautiful. And I mean, obviously Moonshine would probably would go back to the Crick. Mm -hmm. Moonshine would go back to the Crick. But I mean, I also have been really into Frostwind. Like not Moonshine. Like as a, as a maybe Emily's more into Frostwind because I studied abroad in Prague and uh, I just, I love uh, stern, cold people. <laughs> <laughs> Brutalist architecture. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what about you, Bev? Um, I think Bev would go to the Crick too, but... Uh, he would have a little hobbit house amidst all this tree stumps. Ah. Oh, that's ah. cute as hell. Ah. Very sweet. Just like wise old Bev. I think like when uh, uh, Green Bev would Knight teach gets, the children. I think when a Green Knight gets to level twenty, you become almost like a stag man who like doesn't age. Oh yeah, for sure. Woo. The quick kids would love you. Oh, oh. they get swing on my in antlers. In like three hundred years, just this like wacky little dude who lives in. Would a Bev hole. get? Don't you already have like um. Uh, some sort of branch of green teens at the Crick. What are they? Like the oh, little the, fire um, kids? The, uh, oh, the Cricketeers. The Cricketeers. Yeah. Oh, you'd be a great scout So yeah, so thus far, uh, we've had the green teens, the Cricketeers, and now the Thieves Guild, which is yeah. an honorary branch of the green teens, I would oh, say. Oh, okay. Okay, cool, cool. <laughs> You're starting little chapters everywhere you go. Yeah. That's Bev's journey. Although, he's no longer a green teen. He's now a, uh, a leader of teens. <laughs> like, 
Johnny Appleteen. Go forth and Johnny be a Johnny Appleteen. <laughs> Although I feel like when we all go to the Feywild, we're all going to be obsessed with that. Yeah, we're oh, going to retire man. to the Feywild. Yeah. We're going to fucking Feychella. I think we'll I've definitely got... have like a timeshare in the Feywild for an sure. An idyllic picture of the Feywild. Mm-hmm. I just like that we're all talking about retiring together. Oh, oh yeah. That's so cute. One hundo. We're all going to the Grey Havens together. <laughs> we were all invited. Yeah, it is. It's interesting because I think some people get so, so, so into the role play aspect of it that they value like the NPCs that they came up with in their backstories almost more than they do the other characters in the party. But it's very wholesome that you guys are just like, no, my best friends are Hard One, Beverly, and Moonshine. And we're going to live together in one big house uh, when we are done. One big retirement community. One big retirement community. One big block. One big cul-de-sac. <laughs> Uh, Marissa asks, uh, fuck, Mary, kill, glad, Akarat, Denny. Wow. Oh, I don't want to fuck any of them. They're weak men. Uh, fuck, Akarat. Like, no, duh. I, w- I would fuck Akarat, but in one of his, in one of his bodies. Right. Like, if he inhabited a cool I'll say Akarat, you could pick, you could pick the body. Okay, okay. yeah. Could, I'd go hollow body, uh, <laughs> d- like, a deformed, uh, dwarf g- body. That's okay. me. I guess I'd marry Denny. And I'd marry that guy. Yeah. Oh, Denny's, Denny's loaded. Got a lot of family money. <laughs> that's true. Life. Yeah, that's strategic. Do I have to sleep in the same bed as him as a husband and wife <laughs> no, if I marry No, you could have Denny? a miserable relationship. <laughs> Definitely have twin beds. Well, I wouldn't make it obviously miserable. I think I would just be like, I'm a really particular sleeper. Yeah. Oh, that's fine, babe. <laughs> What's oh, you your sleep really number? really walk all over him. Uh, uh, no, I, I wouldn't walk all over him. I'd just kind of... I don't know. Maybe I could make him a better man. <laughs> I, I would really, we'd be like ships passing in the night. We'd have our separate lives. <laughs> and I don't think Denny would ever say anything. <laughs> I'd also fuck Galad because he basically offered. Uh, um, right. Yeah. Oh, that's true. Yeah. You could tell he's yeah. like no stranger to it. Right. I'd re- revive him and be like, I'll take you up on that offer, bud. <laughs> I just feel like getting in a relationship with Akarat, you're just going to be talking about his dad all the time. Yeah. yeah. Maybe. He'd be like, he's got issues. Mm-hmm. Maybe I would fuck, um, maybe I would fuck uh, Galad just as an excuse to like ask more about Rosaline because mm. it's mine now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just like during sex. So what does it do when it crits? Do yeah. you get to kill him after you fuck him? There's no uh, rules so to fuck, marry, kill. Uh, yeah, you do all three to each of them. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the order that you're choosing. Oh, man. Uh, someone, someone else did ask, uh, this is actually a good follow-up question. Um, somebody asked, oh, I, I don't see their name here. I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, but somebody did ask who was the bigger uh, wiener or annoyance to you guys, Akarat or Galad? Oh, Galad really got under my skin. Yeah, I think because Bev idolized him too. Yeah, and I like it was felt, a betrayal. Yeah, I felt like really like you, you asshole, little kids look up to you. That's true. You guys should go back and I don't know if since uh, you guys have like killed Galad and. Um, We've had all this time. If you guys have like listened to episode 10, when you guys are like, you and Galad fight on the same side against a bunch of zombies in the world. Including my mother. Yeah. 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 I think that's why Galad, I hated him more because he like knew secrets that he wasn't like telling me and he would like needle me about them too. Mm -hmm. So Akira is like a bad guy, but. He's just like a normal bad guy. It's not. It's not like he's a bad guy that also has something on me. They both had a sensuality to them that is not my taste. <laughs> I feel I like picture... that's like the only kind of villain I know how to make uh, both kind of scary and 
funny. Yeah, just like kind yeah. of breathless and yeah. sexual. <laughs> you're too, you're, I get off on killing. <laughs> your two characters are uh, standoffish, beautiful woman. <laughs> a la Luna. And, yeah. and a beautiful man uh, who breathes uh, too much. Yeah. yeah. I they both breathe too much, but Glad had high-pitched breathing. Yeah. <laughs> in my head, <laughs> in my head, Akarat looks like Data from Star Trek, but like way hotter. Oh, now I want to fuck him. He's definitely. Yeah. Darn now I want to fuck him. <laughs> Dominic A. asks, question uh, for Jake. How does your knowledge and confidence in D&D feel after 40 episodes? It's been very entertaining to watch you learn to play and begin being a part of the decision-making process in-game as opposed to leaving that up to veterans, Emily and Caldwell. Do you still feel like you are playing catch-up at all? I definitely feel like I know Hard One uh, and, like, his weapons and all of his stats really, really well. Yeah. And then, like, when we did Trinivale, I I was, like, looking at Ranger stuff, and I was, like, found out that I got spells, and it, like, I have have so far to go. (laughs) But I think it's sort of like learning a language. You have, like, a base. Now, now looking at the spells and stuff, it's not so daunting that I want to shut the book and forget it. You're fluent, but not conversational. Yeah, not Mm -hmm. conversational at all. (laughs) But you know, uh, hard one like the back of your hand, though. That's yeah, true. you're always like coming in, like you're you're doing the moves right, you know. I think that was a big learning curve term for me because, like, I didn't realize that I had I had no idea how much role play was involved in D and D. I thought yeah. it was just like the three of us buddies sitting around talking about like what our characters do, and then yeah. we roll to see if our characters did it. Yeah. But when we sit at this table, we're like not. You're not Caldwell. No, I don't know you. Don't call me by that name. Yeah, I'm not Caldwell. I am a paladin. <laughs> the funniest to me is when I like role play romantic stuff with Murph. <laughs> like, just like gazing at each other like, over the DM. When Gemma kisses me on the on the balcony, but Murph is like, she kisses you. I'm like, oh. <laughs> I can't tell you how amped I get whenever you say, I want to use my action surge. Yeah. I'm always like, ah, oh, yeah, this person's dead now. Oh, I, I see here, uh, Greg S. is the name of the uh, person who uh, brought up the Glad vs. question. So thank you, Greg S. Sorry for, sorry for not saying your name before. Thanks, Greggy. Uh, Emma H. asks, uh, what are some of the biggest and or most unexpected changes that the Band of Boobs characters have gone through? What types of character growth were you expecting? And are the characters following that trajectory or having unexpected transformations? I have a cute surprise. This is, well, this is just a moment that I didn't expect, um, which is that uh, when Bev gave Moonshine the little uh, necklace of teeth. Yeah. I thought that was so sweet. I was just like, oh, I thought he was like, I thought that was like his collection and then he just gave it to her and I thought thought that that was was his thing. Yeah. (laughs) No, I think that like Bev loves collecting things, but I think Bev also likes, you know, giving things away. Yeah, it was really cute. I didn't expect that. Mm-hmm. Yes, gift giving. Anderson. Maybe that's it. Yeah. Maybe that's a light answer too. <laughs> I do. I mean, in a similar vein, I guess I have had a lot of kind of things that I've done with Bev where I'm like, do I need to keep doing this? Like, and you know, initially when I started, I was like looking for merit patches and like trying to collect a bunch of things. And I think I've still carried on the collecting aspect, but. <laughs> 
It's changed darker. Yeah, I, uh, my impulses and cravings have grown ever darker. I think it makes sense. Bev realized that the merit patches weren't what he loved; it was the collecting that he loved. Yeah, exactly. So he was just like, "Whoa, I'm gonna collect shit that's cooler than merit patches." Yeah, like teeth, like teeth and uh, <laughs> chapters of teens and, 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 and dads. And, yeah, and dads. <laughs> it's true. I, I've switched from dads to legions now. <laughs> Small armies of boys. <laughs> Um, I feel like one of the developments of Hard One that I've liked is uh, not knowing if he's as awesome as he like says he is. When I yes. and when I started playing in my head, Hard One was awesome, <laughs> and I still I still think he is. But I've definitely been playing him more like insecure uh, Jake from Jake and Amir sometimes. That is yeah. So We're like there's there is a lot of like. Uh, um, bravado, yeah, not, not lying, light lying, <laughs> embellishing, yeah. and uh, diminishing. I thought that though, chest puffing, because yeah. Murph kind of like hinted at me that at the Dwarfenage you weren't as popular as you thought. Was that him knowing as a DM, or was that like, did you guys have an exchange of emails? Like he seemed to know that no, I, Gemma I, wasn't that Gemma. Like that, your breakup with Gemma was like maybe a little more embarrassing than you let on. Like, was no, that Mark's gonna have to talk to me about that. <laughs> I think that might have been something I ran by Emily because I was going into the Frostwind thing. I was going to contact you, Jake, and be like, "How much is Hard One lying about?" Because uh, obviously he's got like a lot of hubris and bravado, and the way he talks it's like he's clearly not actually known as like the great axe of iron deep he was like a level one human that like people <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I you know i actually i do have an i thought about this a little bit because i had the same exact thought like i can't be a legendary hero from a place <laughs> yeah. um so the way i was the way i had sort of like made it make sense in my head have you ever seen newsies uh, yeah. So long ago, they wear the hats. So I'm sort of, I sort of feel like I'm Jack from Newsies, who is like oh. the coolest newsboy, but he's still like powerless, <laughs> about, like in front of you know all of the actual big wigs that like ran the newspaper right. and all that yeah. stuff. But you have kind of morphed to not even necessarily be. The coolest at the Dwarfenage. I I will. I'll go to my grave knowing that I'm the coolest guy from the Dwarfenage. I like thinking that the way you dug deeper into Iron Deep than any man before you was that uh, a dwarf asked you to like reach in with your long human arms, and like <laughs> technically you went a little farther than everyone. That's you really just fell funny. asleep at the drill wheel. Uh-huh. <laughs> I mined the car deeper than anyone else. <laughs> It's like when you wake up and you're in like Coney Island. (laughs) Thinking of that though just brings me back to another question. Talking about uh, that minecart and like that fight that we had with the minecart and stuff like that. Yeah, that was rad. That makes me be like, oh, I hope we get a weird form of transportation away from Frostwind. It's hard. We got the airship so early. I know, but I'm like, I'm open to. I. It would be fun to get something kind of weird. Maybe, maybe your airship is like our tiny Bronco. And then we'll get like the full on high wind next. You do always have a weird day when you have to go and like get your car from somewhere. Yeah. You know, like what do you drive to get there? How do you do it? <laughs> you drive renting, a, a you're renting Ford, a city bike, calling an Uber, it's a Ford on Fusion. a bus. Ford Focus, rather. Oh, there was a there was a little uh, end on this question that said uh, basically, what things uh, would the episode one band of boobs be in disbelief hearing about their future selves? Um, I guess maybe that I oh. was actually. Uh, Doing heroic shit, right? Uh, yeah, like you, I that you show up like at that bar, being like, I need to make a name for myself, 
and then if you actually do it, that's kind I of I believe the first thing you did, you asked Denny if he had a boat or like fisherman work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you were looking for work as a fisherman. That's awesome. What would my life have been if he had work for me? <laughs> if you had gone yeah, to the fishing could, dock first, if you. Denny was the first person I met outside of Iron Deep, I would think he was the man. <laughs> If you had met, like, Dolph the Shaman first, you would have just joined up with the Cracktooth Clan, no questions. <laughs> we um, did, the first thing we all did together was uh, decapitate people, so I yeah. guess. Yep, Hell right yeah. off the bat. Yeah, maybe Moonshine would be uh, surprised at how barbaric she's become. <laughs> I think Beverly would hear that he had pranked a god and be like, yeah, that sounds about right. But then somebody would tell him that he kisses a boy, and he'd be like, what? <laughs> Finally! <laughs> with tongue? <laughs> Uh, Andrew M says, uh, what's the biggest, most exciting things the band of boobs have just wandered past, failed to explore, not perceived? That's the question for you. I guess really, I, only I would know that. You guys never, I I believe we talked about this maybe in the last, uh, no, we couldn't have done it in the last bonus episode because it came out so long ago. Uh, I believe you guys failed your perception checks to find the widow's hideout. Yeah, that's big. Uh, In the tunnels. But she was not there, or was she, she there? She was not there. She had already been taken. Um, that's the biggest kind of missing thing that uh, went differently than I thought. I The widow had like an arc um, with all this stuff, but she's gone. Also, I had plans for Galad to be the big bad of the campaign. Because you guys hated him so much, I was going to make him like... The main bad guy, essentially. Oh, like not he was going to be the ill said. No, he wasn't going to be the ill said. But he was going to be like Theala is the you know she's the empress now, but he's the one who like is boots on the ground doing the shit after you guys because he wants you guys dead. He's the Kefka. Yeah, 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 exactly. Mm -hmm. But we killed him. What happened? He killed him. (laughs) But oh. I didn't think we you would. Just didn't I didn't really, think you would doom the widow. We just did a really good job killing him. Shh, I, well, uh, we, it, good job is yeah, relative good, I mean, because yeah. we did decide to damn my mother to yeah. uh, to an. It was one right. of our finest and first wampings, I would say. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's fun. So that would have been that would have been that was something I didn't decide until. Uh, you guys were in Galateron, and Galad was just supposed to be kind of the little mini bad guy of that arc. He was the Professor Duddle of Galateron. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then you guys hated him so much, and I was like, it would be awesome for this guy to just be like the one who keeps following them and fucking with their shit. Yeah. And I hate yeah. him so much. But then you guys fucking beheaded him. Well, honestly, I'm glad we did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I still have his head. You've done an admirable job of throwing more Galads our way. Yeah. You got to keep bringing back the Galads. Uh huh. Akarat is like Galad level two for sure. <laughs> I love order. <laughs> like with Galad, we would have never had Akarat. Damn, makes you so think. I don't want to know that life. Crossroads. <laughs> we also uh, never met uh, Old Cobb's son, Young Corn. <laughs> Had a whole arc planned for Young Corn. <laughs> There's still hope for him. <laughs> Who was the um, the elven guy that was in the Cobb Squad? Oh, yeah. I was thinking about him uh, today. Harden? The, like, Harden? Yeah, no, Harden. Oh, we decided oh, no, a he's a human raised by Crick Elves, yeah. the great sword of the Crick. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, and he's just, hey, hold on. <laughs> I liked him by the end. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You're like, I can't hate you. 
Just now, big and that... dumb and strong. Yeah. <laughs> the, the cop squad was Cooter, Harden, and Cobb. <laughs> a friend of way yeah. to go to war with the cop squad. <laughs> friend of a cop is my friend too. Oh, that's a good question. That it's kind of off this. Who's the saddest? Who can you think of that would be like the saddest minor character death? For me, it might be Cooter. <laughs> Oh, whoa, that'd be Just devastating. Because, like, like, Meemaw matters, Mama yeah. matters, Old yeah. Cobb matters, uh, you know, the Togolds matter, Erlen, Egwene, they all matter. Who's, like, a character that has had, like, four lines that if they died, you'd be like, no! Oh, it was Josh. <laughs> I know I know mine, Nana Kindleaf. Yeah. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> yeah. Damn, do I have one? Um, do we meet anyone Such else? Fresh children. <laughs> Such fresh children. <laughs> I don't know. Any of the like uh dwarfins, I feel like oh, would be oh, devastating. Because yeah. they, they're children. Also, yeah. I think I was the only one who was really obsessed with them, but the little dwarfs <laughs> on the wall from this week's episode. Oh, yeah. uh, oh they have been the, actually yeah. I uh, executed. <laughs> I thought they were cute as hell. <laughs> <laughs> Hey everybody, it's Emily here to talk to you about Mint Mobile. It's spring cleaning. We're getting rid of the things that don't serve us anymore, and you know what doesn't serve anyone? Expensive phone bills. If you'd like to declutter your finances, it's time to switch to Mint Mobile and get unlimited talk, text, and data for $15 a month. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. You can use your own phone and bring your phone number along with all your existing contacts to get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash pawpaw. That's mintmobile.com slash pawpaw. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash pawpaw. $45 upfront payment minimum required, equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speeds slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Goodbye, sweeties. Hey there, Nadpoles. This episode is brought to you by Aura Frames. Are you looking for the perfect gift to celebrate the moms in your life? Well, look no further. Aura Frames are the beautiful Wi-Fi connected digital picture frames that allow you to share and display unlimited photos. It's super easy to upload and share photos via the Aura app. And if you're giving an Aura as a gift, you can even personalize the frame with preloaded photos and memories. My mom, my mother-in-law, and my grandmother-in-law all have auras from me and they love them. So from grandmothers to new mothers, aunts, and even the friends in your life, every mom loves an aura frame named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter and selected as one of Oprah's favorite things. Trademark, brother. Aura frames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. They're easy to set up, they are the perfect gift, and they've got unlimited storage, unlimited photos and videos. You can invite as many people as you want to a frame. There are absolutely no hidden fees or subscriptions. How beautiful is that? And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That is Aura, A-U-R-A, frames.com. Use the code PAWPAW at checkout to save terms and conditions apply. Thank you, everybody. 
Evidy asks, after this campaign finishes, will you make a new world for the next campaign or keep it in the same realm with different characters slash time period? I had the same question for you, yeah, actually. Yeah, well, I mean, I think it's kind of up to all of us. Hmm. I think we'll kind of see, we talked about this a little bit on the short rest, but this is in the main feed, so let's talk about it here. Um, but part of me was like, oh, maybe we do something a little bit more low fantasy. Right. Not, not like you know, no magic or anything yeah. like that, but maybe no, like, airships or, like, modernish technology. I mean... But I do like that. That's a fun thing to do in Bohemia, like, in, like, the dark ages of Bohemia. Yeah, that's true. Like, uh, in the future, the magic is gone or something oh. like that. We'll see how that this campaign ends, you know? Yeah. Right, that's true. You know, when I, when I first started playing and you said Old Cobb had a blunderbuss, I was like, that's insane. Like, no. I, I <laughs> had, like, a visceral reaction to it. Because <laughs> I totally thought of... D and D as like Game of swords. Thrones and yeah. and oh, Lord of the Rings. That's what I thought it was like. And there's no fucking cars in Lord of the Rings, you know? Yeah, that's, yeah. that's crazy. Well, there are that's like uh, they have crossbows, like that's steam. Like, there's steampunky stuff in like in like Warcraft. You can have a blunderbuss, right? Yeah. But I think my fantasy is is like I'm a very specific nerd where I've only ever watched Game of Thrones and Lord of the Rings. That's right. it. So I have no nothing else to pull. through. To, uh, to pull from it all. Interesting. So you were viscerally turned off by Old Cobb, and yet he became your best friend. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Whoa. What an art. Exactly. I also, yeah. I I forget the first th- the first time I saw some kind of like modern technology that I was. Oh, it was when we went to Esri. Yeah. Oh, wait, there are right. cars. What are you talking about? There are no, no cars. No. Oh, Tonic. they're little yeah, cars. Tonakin had a little yeah. dune buggy thing. Yeah. Yeah, I think steampunk rules apply. Absolutely. Like you can have like a weird little cart. You I'm, on board, I'm on board with it now, especially after like looking at the D and D art from uh, Wizards of the Coast. Mm-hmm. Like now, I'm fully. I, I'm fully here's, on board. Here's the question, Jake: Would you ever play a sci-fi campaign? I don't. I guess I would try anything because I've had so much fun with this, but I don't have the, I don't have like the vocabulary and the shorthand and like the, the kind of, I feel like I just draw on Lord of the Rings and Game of Thrones so often in this. I think that it's like so easy to translate though. Like Jedi is just paladin. Like, you know, like you could have like a swashbuckling Han Solo type. You could be like a barbarian. There's a lot of. Yeah. I guess I would pull maybe from like. Star Wars and mm-hmm. like Marvel and Avengers. Yeah, that's that's what it is. Stuff. That's yeah. sci-fi. I, yeah, I, I would feel like so I'd be able to. Space is boring. Is that I, I fucked do, up? And I prefer fantasy to sci-fi. I guess. I guess. Well, space the, isn't boring. Like stars and planets and like the stu- like astronomy is cool, but just like being on a ship is fucking boring. It's right. so claustrophobic. Well, I think that's yeah. the interesting. Like you can't breathe. Well, I guess the Avengers have powers, but like in Star Wars, nobody has like real powers. They're just in a really interesting time. I think it's and they just, have crazy tools. Yeah, it's yeah. like it's more like cool stories than uh, I mean. I guess it is cool to go from like planet to planet and stuff, but yeah, I think your world map is just like a solar system instead, and yeah. you kind of have like planetary adventures. I say we all play um, dads in a suburban cul-de-sac <laughs> with no magic powers whatsoever. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Which one likes their coffee the hottest? <laughs> I mean, our next campaign. We're just rolling to find out if we're late for picking our kids up from soccer. Oh, that's devastating. <laughs> oh, shit. I rolled it too. My wife is having an affair with the gardener. <laughs> I think. Oh, uh, shit. I'm the gardener. <laughs> I think we'll probably see where this campaign gets to. And yeah. Because even like as you look through the monster manual and everything, there's all these, you know, monsters and. Uh, races and everything that you guys never like met or never fought or anything, but you've passed their challenge rating. You almost need to like choose yeah. a track. 
Mm. You know what yeah. I mean? Like you miss encountered... out, you missed out on like goblins and stuff. Like yeah. you had bullywugs. So there is so much room to just be like, okay, go to the end of our story, see what happens at the end of our this Bohemia arc. See if like, oh, this changes the world in a fun way. So we go a hundred years in the future, we go ten mm-hmm. years in the future, or something like that. You know what? I and we would go from there. You know what game or what like change I would play? Um, is like if we kind of played on like an infernal plane. <laughs> so like hell? Yeah. Oh, it would be interesting to do like a real grim, uh, like, like an Di- Diablo type thing. Oh. Like, but like maybe hell is an oppressed place that just gets a bad reputation. Oh, I like like, That's like cool. almost like Dark Souls or like uh, Bloodborne Yo. type stuff. Here's, here's an idea that I already know is a bad idea, but like oh. piloting three different worlds. You know what I mean? Oh, it's like, like dimensional we, travel? No, oh. no, we like we we create three different worlds and three potential campaigns oh. and like record episode oh. zero of yeah. three different ones. Oh, that's That's a lot of work for yeah, Adventure, Zone, Adventure Zone did do that. Oh, I they think. did? Yeah. Yeah. It seems like it's a shit ton of work and then people would choose one that we didn't like the that's most. The, that's <laughs> the problem is you kind of have yep. to be you have to be passionate about uh it's hard to be passionate the about one, one you want to yeah. do. Mm-hmm. But I even, it was a bad idea. I knew it was yeah. bad. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it would be good if we did it for ourselves and then whichever one we're like, this is the one I like the most. But then it might be know. like, well, I like my character in this campaign, yeah. but I like this world better. Coming up with a new character is the hardest is the hardest thing. It's so crazy that we did it for Trinivale. Now that I have I two, would... I'm like, I have three. No, I could right. never. The thing that, the, the I feel like there is a freedom though to Trinivale being like, the once a month thing. Cause like hard one, you've played for 40 episodes now. You'd need to think like, do I want to play Nyack for a hundred, 200 episodes? Yeah. Like whatever next character you make, you're like, that needs to be someone that I want to play with for two or 300 hours. But yeah. they always evolve into, I've had characters Certainly. that I was like lukewarm on. And then by the end of it, I really like them. I think that's sort of an interesting thing because I, since I feel like I know how to play hard one, when I was like first starting to play Nyack, it was like extra frustrating because I was like, you should be faster. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> fucking role play, you idiot. Like, oh no, I don't know this guy's voice yet. It's almost like yeah. when you like know how to ride a bike, but you're still struggling on a, on a on skateboard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> it's going to be hard like Thanks doing it. that home. <laughs> it's going to be hard doing it monthly because like that's so much time for things to sit and kind of like uh, saturate into your brain. Yeah. But I think it'll be good. I think it'll be like, oh, you know, it'll it's be a great. little treat. Theoretically, as this campaign, uh, conti- as the Bohemia campaign goes weekly, we could potentially go through several of those campaigns, but still be with like Jens and Nyack. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Onyx, which is kind of like that's, a, yeah, a fun that's really interesting. I also have thoughts that um, potentially in the future, after we finish this campaign, that we would do a god tier campaign, essentially. Like if, if ah. all of your characters survive or whatever new character you roll after, if you get to like level 20, then it would be like, we do a new campaign that's like three or four episodes a month, but once a month we also do um, Moonshine, Hard One, and Bev, just like going through the plains, uh, like fighting gods, gods and shit. Yeah, oh, dope. Yeah, killing Krakens left and right. And then when that campaign ends, we just role play us at the crick <laughs> in our retirement. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. That is the dad campaign. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there Full is, circle. There Full is, cul-de-sac. It is. It is fun to think of you guys. Uh, 
aging up and becoming NPCs essentially for the next one. Although oh, Hardone, yeah. Hardone would die way before everybody else. No. Yeah, so much earlier God. than everybody else. Maybe oh, I'd have a God. son or a daughter. Oh, yeah. I'd mm-hmm. roleplay them. Yeah. That'd be cool. Moonshine's going to Moonshine will live like, well, I think I think we established this earlier, but I think Bev's specific type of paladin, unless he's killed, I think he stops aging. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'd probably like, become dope. a tree or something. So I think you become like a tree man. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa, like a, uh, can't wait to see you as a, a tree. tree boy. Yeah, I think... I think- I, I think, think I did like a big an, broccoli straw. Yeah, you get, I think you get to pick like an animal it's type. It was so majestic in my head. And I was like imagining Beverly, like <laughs> amazing tree striding through the forest. And Caldwell just says a, a broccoli. <laughs> shattered. Just shattered broccoli guy. guy. I'll be old. broccoli. <laughs> oh, that like was. Romanesco. <laughs> I think that's kind of two different styles of plays. Like I, I think uh, Caldwell and Jake are are a little different in in the way you guys play the game. Because <laughs> yeah. for Caldwell, it's like it it's fantasy in the way of like getting to kind of explore your creativity and you know be funny and do like things that aren't expected. And Jake, it's like I want to be this dude so yeah. bad. <laughs> so I thought that was because somebody somebody asked on the Twitter, and I'm sorry I don't have it right in front of me, but uh, somebody was very upset that it was actually uh, a friend of Spicy Pinata, I believe, was upset because oh. Spicy Pinata likes Balnor more than Old Cobb. And this person thought that was crazy and thought that Old Cobb was clearly superior. And I was like, I think. If you're a Jake type player, you like Old Cobb, and I think if you're a Caldwell type player, you like Balnor. There's a lot of uh, Bev and Old Cobb though. They keep it light. True, true. Yeah, but I, mean, I agree. Yeah, it is more of a Jake type. Right. Player. I think that just speaks to how great the characters are. That you that they are various people's favorites. You right. know, everyone's someone's debate. favorite. You know. Yeah, it's true. Say I, right now though, Team Cobb or Team Balnor. <laughs> It is tough. I mean, I I think Old Cobb's Hard One's best friend. Yeah. Yeah, has, you kind of like, have to say it. But, like, Balnor is such good comic relief to me. I, yeah. I think there's, like, when there's Balnor, nice that. It's like when Old Cobb succeeds, it's like, oh, yeah, that's just Cobb being Cobb. But when Balnor crits, it's like the heavens have parted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like, Which one is is, are, is either one more fun for you to role play? Balnor, I think, is a little bit easier. It's hmm. easier to be funny, I think, as Balnor. Because that type yeah. of just like dumb dad joke is like kind of comes naturally to me. Uh-huh. Old Cobb, I like as I like for the more serious stuff. Like, yeah. I don't know that like Balnor, one of my favorite episodes that we did together was um we we're on the ship with Ulfgar and Old Cobb told you the story of Maribel oh and everything. My God. Yeah. Fucking, and so I fucking chills yeah. during that story. And so Old Cobb, like, I think he's a, a cool character for that reason. Um Old Cobb has like got frontier wisdom. And yeah. like it's very yeah. easy to get like poetic and bucolic with him. Exactly. Yeah. It's very get, nice to have like big moments with Cobb and small moments with Balnor is kinda right. is kinda how yeah. I feel. I miss the hell out of Cobb. Yeah. Yeah, I miss him too. Can we do a Cobb quest? <laughs> oh, that's a fun. Uh, yep. So, uh, somebody else asked actually um, if, if we would ever do a flashback episode with, uh, with you guys playing as Maribel Cobb and uh, some Mima. other idiot. Wow. Mean, oh, Mima, yeah. Maribel and Mima and Cobb. Oh, yeah. Because they, yeah, they used, used to be a team. Adventure. I'll be pre-awakened Mama. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Rare. Is a mama being dumb would be so strange. Oh, wow. <laughs> Even a dumb mama is smarter than yeah. most people, I think. <laughs> okay, guys. Uh, and you know what? Let's do a little lightning round Ooh. at the end here. Yeah. Let's just go through. Uh, why don't we? Lightning. Yeah, I was going to say. That's <laughs> <laughs> lightning round. Let's go through hashtag NADPOD on Twitter. Uh, and see what people are asking. What's your favorite part of the adventure so far, including the return to Moonstone? Ali asks. Lightning round. Oh, God oh, damn, that's such a hard question. Part. That's a big question. Um, My most recent favorite thing is the little door, uh, the little Frostwind doors and their, and their silly voices. Uh, finding okay. out that I was on my dad's airship. Oh, that was dope. That's mm-hmm. a great moment. Uh, Jimma dying. Oh. Asshole. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I'm in narratively. Oh, actually, maybe maybe the whole like mission with the to get the note to Gemma was oh, pretty that exciting. Was that was very exciting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, really really I loved um, Moonshine and Maribel. Uh, when oh, Moonshine was oh God, yeah. yeah. That, that was, was my favorite. Mm-hmm. That was cool. Uh, why don't you try to get Amir to play a sassy troll calculator in a one-off episode? He always makes fun of it, but I bet he will get hooked, uh, as Zachary. I think we will have Amir on We eventually. will have him. He will not get hooked. He no will, chance. <laughs> no chance I think maybe that. he won't get hooked. I have played it with is, people who don't get hooked. It is yeah. very funny when I've played with people that don't like it. I'm just like, what? What? How? <laughs> What's wrong? Well, Were I mean, you in a different room and than me? You watched me? the rerun of a basketball game. <laughs> this happened with with my wife. Like Suze didn't really have oh, that time. Yeah. She didn't really like and it. And I think that like her reasoning was good, as she said. Like she talked to you about it, and you were like, "Why didn't you like it?" And she was just like, "I want to hear you tell the story." <laughs> she doesn't want to like do the shenanigans. Yeah, she yeah. wants like nice. a concise narrative, which yeah. respect. Yeah. Yeah, I do think Amir uh, is more interested, though. Yeah, he'll you can definitely tell. The way, he'll be on. He the way wants he to talks come about on. it. He'll why, be on. Yeah. Why a troll calculator? Um, I think it should be a rat folk calculator because Amir is a chipmunk. Uh huh. That's it. Should definitely be rat folk. Not. Well, we, we, we where does calculator yes, come from? Yeah, where does calculator come in? I mean, he's just a, a, a little, mathematician. Yeah, he's a, a geomancer. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what's the biggest surprise direction the Band of Boobs has taken your campaign? Any particular points you didn't expect them to fix on as fixate on as much as they did? Uh, love the show. Got me into D and D. Parker M. What is the most shocking thing you said? Uh, I think it was like last week on the oh, short yeah. rest, maybe that like uh, Moonshine giving Jaina the ship and and offering uh, Mima's. Oh yeah, yes. that was so, was that like, was so yeah. recent. I wasn't. I was expecting Jaina to kind of just like quietly go crazy in the Coldane thing and maybe try to get the book from you guys or something. Um, but once you offered Mima, that took her on a completely different trajectory. Yeah, that's, that's different. Which is awesome. That's like, and like that's really, really satisfying to know. <laughs> I think it also opens up such a cool narrative for selfishly my character yeah. and like his girlfriend's back. You know, I really wanted to. I'm so curious. I want to be there when you roll to see what she comes back at. If it's successful, uh, I just want to know what she gets rolled to come back at. Yeah, <laughs> me too. Yeah, a big uh, old worm. I'm trying to think of other things. Also, um, after. Bev's dad, after uh, Bev lost the trial by combat, doing the execution brunch, and then you guys still saved him. Yeah, you know, yeah. He didn't get beheaded right then and there. Because we, because yeah, we, that was cool. Yeah. Didn't we make that? Didn't we suggest that yeah, in the that, room? Yeah, you made that deal. Right, you were with, planning yeah. on killing him right there. I was planning on killing him if they, lo- if you guys lost the trial by combat. 
Jesus. Man, Whoa. that would have changed so much. Yeah. Like, I feel like Bev's entire character would have been different if that happened. Yes, you absolutely would have. might have been would've... become a little devil boy. Yeah. I would have, oh, oh man, God. if I had the Akarat coin when that happened, oh, fucking forget about shit. it. Whoa. Yikes. Don't that kill That is my true. Dad. We all know about the Akarat coin now. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That was fun. It was yeah. fun, like... Oh, yeah, we had the whole... Uh... We had the, the sweat lodge. Yeah, the, the truth, sweat lodge. The zone of truth. <laughs> That was a really fun moment. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, y'all have done such a good job of like shifting the campaign. I feel like Bev's just along for the ride. <laughs> no, I think everybody, I think like the Beverly and Erlen thing was like, I've certainly like presented Erlen as a character where like that was possible. But yeah. like that was mostly like at that point in that episode where um, Bev Erlen really, uh, really came together. Yeah. I was running a large-scale like kind of war like a civil war so i was like okay there's a boat like airships coming this way uh hard ones over there with old Cobb. the family is inside bev's house and then i wasn't even thinking like oh how would erlin feel when he saw bev and all of that but i thought you kind of like expertly like you played your character and it reminded me it's like ah Live in the moment. Yeah. Kiss your friend. <laughs> kiss that boy. Put that on a pillow. <laughs> Live in the moment and kiss your friend. Uh, what is Good your favorite advice. part of recording these episodes? And what about D&D do you enjoy the most? Ask Zach F. Well, we did just eat a bunch of big turkey legs. Oh, yeah, that was good. And that was pretty tasty. Getting like... together, eating, drinking, having some fun. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, I think it, it's just like being surprised. And that's why I like improv. It's like I like when you surprise yourself, when other people surprise you. Yeah. 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 The but moment things... when I have to rear back uh, from the microphone because I'm laughing too hard <laughs> is always the best moment of a recording. But yeah. I also love the fucking rolls. I love yeah. that yeah. kind of gambling. Uh, when like a nat 20 happens at oh. a critical moment, it, it's this rush of not only are we playing D&D, so it's exciting because there's a 1 in 20 chance of that happening, <laughs> but also you know it's going to be such a great part of the episode, so you're having fun, and you're also like, we're fucking nailing this right now. Yeah. <laughs> okay, but on the, on the, uh, in the inverse, or I don't even know how to, how to phrase that, the inverse is also true. When I rolled those three ones in a row trying to tame the dragon, it was horrifying, but it also was thrilling. Yeah, yeah. I think that the dice, like, helping you tell the story yeah. is the, that is the most fun to me. Mm-hmm. It's just like a low-level computer, like some sort of chipmunk computer mm-hmm. guiding our, our oh, game. Oh, is back. Do you think <laughs> the dice could write Hamlet? Uh, I think that we could write Hamlet better mm. than Hamlet. We should do a Hamlet role play. Okay. Would you do that, Murph? <laughs> ah, we're uh, all fighters. Hamlet we all, we're all little fencers. <laughs> I think that would be a great thing I for wanna, you to no, do. Yeah, you I know much play more uh, about Shakespeare than I do. I want to DM something that's going to be way weirder than Hamlet. <laughs> <laughs> There's literally sisters called the Weird Sisters in Hamlet. It's That's pretty in weird. Macbeth. Oh, fuck, you're right. They Wait, might be in Hamlet. There's a ghost actually. in Hamlet. Hamlet's dad is a ghost. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, it's definitely Okay, spooky. so you'd have ghosts uh-huh. and nobles. And, and bards who put on a play. Okay, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. Our friend Jeffrey S. asks, uh, besides Murph editing, does anyone listen to the finished episode or is it too weird listening to yourselves? Lord of the Fjord. I listen to it usually day of, of the next recording. Yeah. Uh, I don't enjoy it <laughs> for that uh, I, reason. It depends for me. I, sometimes if we're going to play and we haven't, um, if, if we're going to play and we haven't played in a while, like if we had like batch recorded or something, I'll, I'll listen to them. I listen to them at two times speed so I can like get ah. caught up and oh, I listen shit. at the gym. So I get, so Damn. like, 
helps me hulk out. I think like I've seen so much of myself from like being um, a performer on the side that like I'm just like I have such a thick skin for how much I can dislike myself. Yeah, <laughs> like I'm if I see myself too. do something stupid, it's just like yeah, whatever. I don't know. I did my best in the moment. Right. <laughs> That's very uh, healthy. That's such a good way to look at it. It's okay. I mean, There's 60 more hours of me doing fine. That's what I'm saying. Is like sometimes I'll sometimes I'll be in the car home from a session and like really beating myself up about like not doing something better. But when I'm physically listening to it, you know, yeah. it's like yeah, I expect That's myself true. to sound annoying. You I mean, are, <laughs> you've already beaten up yourself. Yeah. <laughs> I do. I do like listening, especially after we've batch recorded and it's been a little while, and just like. Hearing the goofs again, yeah. being like, ah, yeah. I still, I, I we did like a good smile job. to myself and laugh when I'm. Yeah, the, when I'm editing, I, I, I mean, yeah. it, it takes like 16 hours uh, to edit an episode. So you're slowly uh, going crazy. So I'm slowly going crazy, but the first uh-huh. time I listen to it, I like it. <laughs> uh, LM asks, any advice on encouraging other adventurers to get excited about the role playing aspect? My campaign is full of quiet, nervous folks, so I usually make the first move and inevitably do something stupid. Hmm. Uh, I think that's important. You need a catalyst like that. Yeah. I was going to say that, like, I've played with, like, a lot of people who are new to D&D, and I feel like the more you just are like, okay, I'm going to let, I'm going to do something, I'm going to make a big decision so they know that this is a thing, like, that you can make a big decision, like, it kind of, like, it makes it, like, a safe space for people to Mm -hmm. get out of their shell if you're also making a fool of yourself. Right. (laughs) Yeah. I think also I I remember first time I DM'd I when people role played I would give them like advantage on attacks and stuff. Oh, so then oh. once people are super into it, you don't need to do that anymore because people care. Like you care yeah. about. I do remember you doing that, right? And you never did it for me because you know I didn't I need you it. Didn't. <laughs> you still you'll give That's, us advantage. Yeah, I give you guys advantage on like persuasion checks and stuff. Yeah, like, he was like, a little more things. liberal with if it. If we're convincing, mm-hmm. I w- I would also say. Um, it's good to like lead by example as much as you can. Um, but then also if you're playing with quiet people, sometimes they just need a little quiet and they need more time than uh, say a outgoing person who's like down to make a, a big move. So just like give them space. And when they do make that move, like give them positive reinforcement right you can also you can also like give them gifts, you know, like you can like say like, Oh, that's just like, like you can say, you can say like, oh yeah, you're wearing a fanny pack or something like that. You know, like obviously <laughs> Give it wouldn't. Give them stuff to interact with. Yeah, ah. but I'm saying like you can be like, you can make a joke like, didn't I see you like housing bacon all morning? You know, and then that person, they oh, might, they can I joke mean. joke off of it, yeah. Yeah, obviously it would be like just like little, little jokes. Oh, obviously you. you can't like make big decisions about the character, but you can like just kind of playfully see if they, if they bite right. anything. And if they do a good role play, Give him a Jolly Rancher in real life. <laughs> That's the true advantage. <laughs> I also, I can't tell if LM is a player or uh, if they're the DM. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as a DM, I feel like, yeah, you can give advantage to people for role playing. I think you could work uh, the things people say or they have in their backstory into their, uh, uh, in, into the campaign. Mm-hmm. You can, I think the easiest thing to do is to have like, bullies in town i've said this before like it was a great way to like egg jake on is to just have like jake's playing D. he's not gonna ha- order like buy a drink for some fucking punk at the bar right so like get people like have some like fucking drunk barbarian be like oh little gnome I, I, you go want to sit on my lap like be, right get the people mad. Them on. yeah that's very yeah. rude also, really funny. Like, let's go to a different bar we <laughs> should go to a different tavern 
I would also say if they're like very new to role play, I think it's definitely okay. The training wheels of role play is kind of just describing what your character is doing and yeah. like how your character feels in the moment. And like if you're not comfortable like speaking as that person yet, yeah, I think it's it can take time. There. Yeah. Also, I'm assuming that this I'm for some reason assuming this person's another player. Um, so I would say also like you can get you can give gifts if you want if you feel like you can joke in a joking space. You can also just ask them lots of questions. Yeah. Yeah. You know, certainly. like you can also be like, I take them aside and I say, you know, like, yeah, so role- you're a tiefling. Like, who's it? What's that about? You know? <laughs> right. You start it. You start Tales, huh? with them. Yeah. Uh, Delilah asks, is there an agreed upon, don't do anything ridiculous rule uh, y'all follow or is. Uh, of course not. Oh, <laughs> you listen no. to the podcast. Lawless. <laughs> uh, Ruleless they, lawless. They just said it's because like the plot lines seem to go like pretty smooth. I think that mm. is because while in combat and stuff, you guys do ridiculous, do ridiculous stuff. You guys aren't really like, nah, fuck going to the crick. Let's go with. Uh, Nana Kindleaf to Hill Home, right. and then I have to like build Hill Home wonder, out of my ass. I wonder if I would. I I I guess I personally think I would play like this even if we weren't recording, because like I, as like just a a D and D player, I like the mission. Right, I'm all yeah, about yeah, yeah. the mission. The mission is how the story unfolds. That yeah. was yeah. Actually, a bunch of people asked like various um, versions of this question, but about like creating the world or about like not railroading people. I think people get so scared of railroading people that they just make this sandbox world that you can quote unquote do anything in. But like, I don't know, especially like session one, it's like, oh, I go to the tavern uh, and then I go to the bookstore. It's just like, you're just a tourist. You're not invested. Uh I like a little railroading. Yeah, I think I, I I don't remember uh, who gave this advice, but somebody wiser than I said to give like people three options. Basically, it's me. Although <laughs> sat me on his lap, uh, talking about the turkey like menu. <laughs> uh, so many regrets from that menu. A lot of good looking turkey legs on there. <laughs> but I think I think also it's like you know you're not really railroading your players if you. Let them solve a problem any way that they want to. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, and I think it's, sometimes... Oh, go on. Oh, I was just going to say it's like the ending is always going to be the same, but like you let them decide the route. Sure. Or it's, I mean, the ending often changes Yeah. Um, based on what you guys do. And uh, Sometimes I want to get railroaded. That sounds so creepy. Uh, <laughs> because sometimes I'm scared. Sometimes mm-hmm. like this, when the stakes are super high, I'm like... Fuck, I don't want to show do me the, the wrong way. thing here, and I like I feel like I just like hit up the NPCs for anything yeah. that Murph is willing to give us. Take my hand, <laughs> put me on the train tracks. But it, it's it's collaborative Real storytelling with the, with one of your with Thomas. you included, right? Yeah. Like, what kind of choice did you guys have at the Crick? It was like Maribel had taken it over, and like Crick Rot was everywhere. Right. We could have fought Maribel or left. Yeah, exactly. It's like kind of, what do you do in that situation? But you approach it in any way. It wasn't like, you guys didn't show up to the Crick, and I wasn't like, you guys spend three days hanging out with everybody, and then you guys wander off into the fog on night one. Like, it's not that railroaded, but it is like, you know, there's a quest. Right. My opinion is that I really like it when we go back and forth. Like, with like, with like the crick stuff it was we had a very clear directive and we like knew what we were doing but i also like those in between episodes where we're like what now yeah like, frost, yeah. Like, frost one is a little bit more open world yeah it's true like there's a lot of things we could have done there's like a lot of bad 
decisions we could have made. We didn't yeah. even have to go to Frostwind. No, you didn't. That's we could true. have gone to Iron Deep to find the hammer. Yep. yep. Yeah, yeah, I believe that was something that I cheated at a little bit where I think I texted you guys. I was like, are you guys going to Iron Deep or Frostwind? Yeah. That's fair, yeah. though. Yeah. Yeah. I think, like, anything, like, off-camera stuff, that's, like, how narratives I, work. I think anyone yeah. who says that uh, they could just, like, build a whole city out of their ass uh, is either, that might work for, like, a casual game or something, but... Or if you're, like, a pro DM who, like, just has all of the stats, like, in your head. Um, excuse Murph me, my husband is a pro, pro DM. DM. <laughs> that was so mean. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, no, I don't, but, like, you wouldn't have, I guess you could come up with, like, you'd know... Uh, you know what the economy was of Iron Deep. You'd know that I, I know who the king is. I know that there's like different but it's houses more fun and for all you that stuff. If you but can sit down and just yeah. come up with the and city, it's, it's always gonna be better. Way. And it's, right. more, it's more fun for us too. Like yeah. that fucking description of Frostwind when we first showed oh, up was so like exciting. right. Like you can't give it depth. I had yeah. no idea how much I was gonna hate the city based on the, <laughs> based on the description. I loved it. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah, it was like a snowy paradise. But what's okay, under I that love snow? Let's do. Oh my god, we should do postcards for Frostwind. <laughs> but who me a postcard? That's what um uh, Jackie uh, sent us those on oh, Twitter. Oh, that's right. Fro- the Frostwind. Uh... Did it say "fuck you"? I love you. Eat a rat. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so maybe I didn't yeah, have I this idea, original idea yeah. at all. I think you just Jackie. Saw it. Thank you so much for making Jake think that he's smarter than he is. <laughs> God damn! I wish I, I didn't. Jackie's know. pretty close to Jake, so <laughs> I would see why you would think that was your idea. <laughs> it was I've actually been my Twitter. It as Jakey. For <laughs> <laughs> a hard one move. <laughs> Um, one last question. Yeah. Um, and I apologize if I pronounce his name wrong. Harishi V asks, what are moments when y'all cried? I don't want to talk about that. Uh, really? It's embarrassing. Why is that embarrassing? embarrassing? What's more embarrassing? We play D&D. in front of people. I hate it. I've, I, I have not fully cried yet. I got choked up during, um, Moonshine and Maribel. Like, well, we were role playing that. Just yeah. say it because I cried. That's okay. Okay, yeah, I cried. <laughs> that was yeah, your... I cried when I was talking Moonsh- to Maribel. Get off my ass. <laughs> no, Moonshine cried when the when the air elemental couldn't make her drink at the Blue Mana Inn. <laughs> we had an off mic meltdown for an hour and a half, <laughs> weeping. I short circuited a. <laughs> yeah, and then there was another episode where you said that Hard One had too many sticky buns, and that I lost my eight pack a little bit. <laughs> And uh, I went home. We didn't record for two weeks. <laughs> Bev's never cried, but it's coming. Uh, I came. I was like emotional during the when we role played um, me on the airship talking to Uncle Red. Yeah. Mm. And when you told the story of Olcob and Maribel and yeah. uh, Mima. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't think I cried, but I you know. Sometimes yeah, I will. What kind of loser would cry during D and D? Not me. <laughs> Don't believe the rumors. It's the only way to make D and D less cool. <laughs> do you really? Yeah, I think we both do. Yeah, yeah. What? That's so sick. You sick pervert. <laughs> I didn't do anything with it. I just thought you might want it for posterity. You have a photo of me when I found out that I was on my dad's ship. Yeah. Do I? I think you do. Yeah, you showed it to me. <laughs> You refuse to take a photo of me, which I think is weird. <laughs> I will sometimes uh, envision moments that could happen in the campaign and like will make myself almost cry while I'm driving my car, like <laughs> just thinking of like how things would play out, like sad things. 
Yeah. It's like, it's the same way when like you think about a loved one dying or something like that. You just like thinking about these characters and like the tragedy that could befall them. Yeah. You get so worked up. Yeah. Wait, this didn't happen. (laughs) Yeah. Do you guys, have you guys ever had like a random thought that you didn't end up pursuing about your character? Ooh. I mainly think that because I had a thought, I started to think about something today that I was like, oh, why don't I dig deeper into that? Um... And but obviously I'm I'm thinking about uh, exploring it. But I was wondering if you guys ever had something that you're like, oh, I should do that, and then just like never pursued it. Well, we talked about um, uh, multi leveling or not uh, multi classing. Yeah. And there was a second where I was like thinking about becoming a barbarian. Really? Because uh, that would explain like all the teeth that I was collecting. Uh-huh. And that was going to be, like, my explanation for it was I was like, I'm giving up on, like, being a green teen. Like, I need to, like, take the kid gloves off. Wow. Yeah, and I think I did – I had, like – when you guys were talking about multiclassing, before I had even, like, realized what it was, uh-huh. I was sort of imagining doing some kind of, like, druid multiclass because, like, Ooh. you – Moonshine had, like, rubbed off on me. Yeah. And I wanted to learn spells. But now I'm too scared to learn spells. They're really hard. I feel like we should all take a level of barbarian because that fucking damage resistance is insane. It's true. Crazy. Yeah. It's so crazy. Good. <laughs> yeah. You guys, um, I, I think it would be hard for a hard one to learn spells because uh, you guys have made it canon that two thirds <laughs> of you can't read. <laughs> Which is fucking insane. <laughs> it's come up a lot of times. Yeah, it really is. Like it's it, it actually like a handicap for the DM. Yeah, it's gotten true. edited out a couple times where, because uh, you know, well, people, a bunch of people also ask this, like how much gets edited out. I would say uh, there's usually like a two, two hour and fifteen minute like session with a lot of fat, including like some bathroom breaks and stuff, and then it usually bath. comes uh, out to be like an hour and a half. Hard one pisses all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Not They're, Jake though. <laughs> Just got a Jake has big blood on ox. <laughs> but there's there is some stuff where it'll be like I wrote this thing or I did this thing. I'm like you didn't fucking write it. You can't read. <laughs> I can write. Yeah. <laughs> you can't write words, but you can write. I guess you can everyone write can write. I have one, I have one last question, and it's for Jake. Oh. Jake, we ever gonna see Kaka again? <laughs> <laughs> That's a question for Murph. You guys have been in Frostwind for like a night. That's true. Kaka went out like yesterday. Kaka's got like fucking. Kaka has a mission right now. Yeah, that's true. Kaka's got to find. Mima and the Crick Elves are not at Glade Home yet. Wait, where? But wait, Kaka went to send a message to Mima. To Mima. Oh, I thought it was was Old Cobb. Oh, no, it's Mima. Old Cobb's with Mima, right? Either one. Great. What does the message say? I forget. It's just letting him know we're okay. Yeah. Yeah, because we just were like. At this point. We we wanted to let them know that we're okay because we also want to hear back from them. Yeah, you know, to find out what's going it's like on with texting, them. Texting, hey, I just landed. Yeah, cool. Which I should I should text Uncle Red. He has, oh, yeah. he has oh, the mood, yeah. the speaking stone, right? Yeah, but I think we said it was out of range uh-huh, so that cool. it wouldn't be broken. Yeah, bad service plan. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there were some other. Uh, there were a bunch of repeat questions. Um, there there were a lot of people asking about DMing. I think maybe one time I'll just uh, I'll do some kind of little DM thing so I can give Ooh. people advice because I think it's not necessarily for everyone. We've only, we've almost done that for a mixed bag. Yeah, it's uh, true. Ask a DM. It's, it's yeah. yeah. It That's is a great mixed bag because we don't even have to. To do it, you know? <laughs> it always uh, it always just to loses. I know because I think some people like for people who are DMs, it's like the dream, and for everyone else, they're just they don't they're just like I don't want care. it as much. Care but maybe, they'll, maybe they will care. <laughs> I mean, I would Nova. definitely listen to like a thing about. I would listen to between the screen with Brian Murphy. Ah, 
Ooh. Daddy Murphy, bedtime stories. <laughs> Betwixt the crits. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, a bunch of people asked about like the process of creating the world and stuff. We've talked about this before, but definitely like Warcraft and Final Fantasy and stuff where mm-hmm. we could, you know, do sword and sorcery fantasy. But also, if we decided there was a snowboard video game, that's okay, because Final Fantasy VII did it. Yeah. So we can get yeah, a little, a little crazy with it. Did that bump you, Jake? Oh, by then I had been bumped so hard. I, I was <laughs> way off the rocker. <laughs> I think when that came up, I was like, finally. <laughs> Do you not like playing those type of things? No, I like, I mean, I like all of it. But if if it's like, no, I would even change, I wouldn't change anything. I think it's just like what my expectation was going. You wouldn't want to do, if like Frostwind was a snowboarding trip for like 10 episodes, that might not be your thing? Probably not. Actually, yes. I don't know but that. I don't think would it's would be my thing. Yeah, I, it absolutely yeah, wouldn't be my like, thing. I don't, yeah, I don't, I, I've never felt like, oh shit, we're doing something I don't like. Right. We've, but plenty that's of times, because you're one fourth of it and you can exert your will upon it. That's yeah. right. Let's not join the video game. <laughs> 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 I see a troll beating up another troll over there. <laughs> Always watching things fight and then taking a side. <laughs> God. I noticed that Caldwell was quiet um, when we were saying that um, uh, a snowboarding trip might not be your guys' thing. All I'm saying is that Bev (laughs) wanted to get really good at snowboarding. (laughs) I did love that you were on skis. Yeah. That was such a funny character, Jelly. And it just made the Frost Giants hate you more. Full French fry. (laughs) I believe you were attacked first because of that. Absolutely. I think that will not be the last time, nor was it the first time that I've been attacked for a dumb decision I made. Uh, and then this was also asked a decent amount. Uh, people were asking if we we're ever going to like release a book or anything. And I think we will. Hopefully. Yeah, certainly. Okay. Yeah. Why not? I think ideally, I mean, we'd love to do a graphic novel and also I'd love to do some kind of module or something so that yeah. uh, people could play our, our tings. Yeah. 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 Module would be great. Build some Crick Elves. Ah. Some Crick Bullywogs. All we yeah. need is three more days in the week, and then we can make it happen. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we just need to. We have full-time jobs on top of this job, which is mm-hmm. pretty much a full-time job. Um, Absolutely a full-time job. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the amount of emails and messages and like all sorts of stuff we got to keep track of. But guys, we are blessed. We, we are, are blessed, blessed on this harvest bounty. Uh-huh. Uh, on this earth's birth on this earth's birth <laughs> we birthers are <laughs> oh, oh no oh good absolutely lord absolutely fucking by not. the earth's birth <laughs> Murph edit that out yeah Moonshine's here, out of the campaign but put it in the front of the episode uh-huh. us flat earth birthers <laughs> I, want people, I want people to have that in their ears before like tainting everything she says oh my god uh, okay guys I think we're gonna wrap it up uh, sincerely uh, thank you guys so much uh, for listening and letting this uh yeah um we are all grateful for this community yes Yes. we're thankful thankful for you today on Mm -hmm. this harvest uh, this harvest bounty this earth's birth (laughs) um also we got some things uh in the p.o box that were very nice um chris h sent me a uh collage of different um pictures uh, the different stages of murph um with pictures of me on various (laughs) different bodies as his wife it was very accurate he Holy really shit! Can I your see essence. that? Uh, yeah, it's over he there. He has it's little baby pictures of Murph. No, they're like as like Mac and stuff from like Always oh, Sunny. It's like various kind of stages that I've gone through. Honestly, oh, wow. yeah, yeah, these are accurate. Just mapping yeah. you out. Yeah, uh, Fat Mac. That is my life. I got <laughs> super fat trying to get strong, and it sort of worked, but I looked bad. <laughs> I was strong and not 
good looking. It'll happen. I thought you were hot as Hulk, dude. Hey, thanks. Man. <laughs> there was a brief moment there where I didn't look too bad. Um, <laughs> we also got a very generous present. Um, thank you so much for uh, Jeff S. sent us. Um, Lord of the sent, Fjord. Yeah, the Lord of the Fjord. Lord of the Fjord. The uh, Arts and Arcana book. What was the book, one this uh, Which week? was uh, such a nice gift. Cutting we the cord. Really appreciate it. Cutting yeah. the cord. <laughs> That's very good. That really made me laugh. Uh, thank you, Jeff. And um, Emma sent us a very nice note. Uh, I got a little teared up reading it. It was a very yeah, it's sweet very note. Sweet. I, I very much, like I very much appreciate it. Thank you, Emma. Uh, you made us feel very appreciated. I also got uh, a very nice card from Alan uh, with a beautiful drawing that they did uh, of uh, a swampy vista. It looks kind of like the Crick. Ooh. Oh, damn. Yeah, that's pretty. Thank you, Alan. It's that... Bully Bog. It is Bully Bog. Take it out. I'm going to take a look at this laminated card of all the Murphs. <laughs> this feels like a quiz where it's like, which Murph are you? Oh, ha! I'm all of them. I can't decide. I refuse. Uh, cool, guys. I'm not used to wrapping up a show that's not our play podcast, but we should still plug all of our normal and stuff. And that's oh, where yeah. we'll end our episode. <laughs> and that's Is where that we'll end our Does episode. that get you back in yeah. the We are, we are. Yeah, yeah. Okay. We still got to plug some stuff. The youth uh, of the... Guys, uh, over on our Patreon, we usually do, after we do the play episodes, we do a short rest over at patreon.com slash nadpod. Uh, this week, we're doing it for Trinityville, for Caldwell's yeah. campaign. Yeah, baby. Um, so you still get a short rest. Uh, if you want to head on over to the Patreon. Uh, you can also check out me and Emily's book called Hey You Up, How to Turn Your Booty Call into Your Emergency Contact. Or uh, the TV show Hot Date on Netflix. Hot Date is on Netflix. We've also got, and I've forgotten to bring this up, anyone who uh, listened when we had uh, Stunk Bug on there, Adam Conover, Adam Ruins Everything is also on Netflix. Oh, oh, that's, that's great. Bad. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then we've got fan- that. Fantasy mm-hmm. High on Dimension 20, another D&D play show uh, mm-hmm. with our, uh, our senpai DM. Uh, One that I definitely game. didn't cry on also. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler alert. Uh, guys, we're you- filmed too. It's going to be humiliating. <laughs> it's not humiliating. It's good. It's going to be involved. It's going to be invested. Uh, what else we got to plug? Uh, speaking of Dropout, you can watch Cartoon Hell, which is yeah, a baby. show uh, featuring me and Jonathan Tinkle. Yeah, baby. Yeah. Uh, I would also like to plug our P.O. Box, which is 1920 Hillhurst Avenue, number 222, Los Feliz, California, 90027. Send us stuff. Yeah. Yes, and uh, Lonely and Horny Season 2 is out on Dropout now as well. If you're going to watch all of our shows on Dropout, use signup.dropout.tv slash nadpod. You got it. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Uh, guys, oh, that's follow us stuff. on Twitter. At chmurf is me. At eaxford is Emily. At caldy is Caldwell. And at Jake Hurwitz is... Jake, uh, tweet about the show using hashtag NADPOD. We'll be back next week, guys, with another play episode. But until then, N-A-D-D-P-O-D. We are, we are the youth of the nation. We are, we are the youth of the nation. Harvest bounty. Earth's birth. It's the end of the show, everybody, and that means we need to shout out our benevolent Council of Elders. We are truly thankful for you on this holiday season, and in honor of that, stick around because we did all Harvest Bounty and Earth's Birth-themed Council of Elders. Hell yeah, bitch! Oh yeah, starting with Matthew M., the Bullywug Prince, currently preparing a broiled halfling to serve at Bullywug Thanksgiving. Horrifying. Is that Josh Fit compliant, though? Oh yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> Brad D, the only pebble pot that isn't craven, hates going to his Uncle Duncan's house for harvest bounty because he's politically problematic. He thinks the king should surrender to every enemy, big and small. J Loma, 72, aka Steelbreaker, Hard One's Gymspiration, ate not one, but two dire turkeys for the sick gains this blessed earth's birth. Dire turkey, that's a thick leg. Andrew A, aka Feldspar Ligarden, the half-elf. Feldspar is half-celebrating human Thanksgiving and half-celebrating the elven holiday Arcana Hearth, where elves, where high elves gather around a beautiful enchanted trees and don't help the realm win any wars. Taylor Papa the Sixth, the legendary bard to whom no item isn't an instrument, Taylor is providing entertainment at the Hungry Trout tonight for fishermen who don't have families and also for Scoutmaster Danny who doesn't have any friends. Oh, nowhere to go. Dylan B, a super weak wizard who wields 12 swords, insists on carving the bird but takes about two hours to do it. The 12 swords actually slow Dylan down and he'd be much better off if they used a uh, knife and four. Danny P, Bohemia's resident artist, painted Hard One's senior portrait at the Dwarfenage and the hand turkey Hard One handed in for his Harvest Bounty project at Dwarven Public School. Tom P, father of the realm, the serenader of sleeping babies. Tom P is hosting his beautiful family and several Crick Bullywogs who have no bog to call home this earth's birth. Spencer Kasparu, patron elder of libations, ale maker to gods and heroes of Bohemia alike, sells a special Harvest Bounty ale called Cornucope IPA, Cornucopia, oh. uh, it somehow tastes like turkey. Disgusting. Pedro E, bard of the mountains, lured a giant dire turkey from the sky with a song, then used its gizzard to restring their fiddle. Griffin SD, aka the stranger, the silverborn eldritch knight and owner of the Badger's Pint Inn and Tavern. Bad news, Griffin will be in jail during Harvest Bounty, oh, awaiting no. trial for the Badger's murder. Ironically, it was served stuffed badger today. Oh, okay. I try it. You gotta be open-minded when you travel. Beardman Dan, the longest beard in Bohemia. Beardman Dan's beard served as a table runner for the traveling crick elves for this year's Cricksgiving. They are disgusting. Scott <laughs> D is not looking forward to going home for Earth's birth because Scott's dad is a huge Ilsaid supporter and just won't shut up about it. Uh, Aaron C is a dwarf in Frostwind where they celebrate rats giving. Aaron is hosting for the first time this year and practicing the fuck you, I love you, eat a rat prayer to Moradin that their dad usually does. Hermes W, the Bat King, bats don't celebrate Harvest's bounty, but a bunch of bats did fly into Scoutmaster Denny's house and eat all of his turkey, so in a way they do. <laughs> T. Alex once went to Balnor's house for Harvest Bounty, only to learn that he was only serving tuna fish sandwiches and cold milk instead of a turkey. Parker E. lives in a totally dark prison underneath Frostwind and doesn't even know it's Earth. Earth's birth today. A happy Earth's birth to you anyway, Parker. We hope you get out soon. RJW, despite leaving the crick with the rest of the crick elves, RJ managed to snatch a few nannerflies to make a crick's giving specialty. Nannerfly pie. Spartus, an orc who loves watching the football game every Earth's birth. That's orc football, of course, played with a dismembered human foot. Adam R, the R-rated assassin. They will, however, be keeping it PG-13 for the Harvest Bounty Dinner with their in-laws. Cassandra MHP, in a bind, used gaseous form and a produced flame cantrip to make a huge bonfire and save their family's Harvest Bounty from a broken oven. Danielle, the dastardly dame. Danielle is so dastardly, they are bringing up every taboo subject at the 
Harvest Bounty Table. They're spitting hot takes on the Bohemian Orb Ball League, kneeling in protest during Ode to the Boy King. Hugh C., a.k.a. Haldor Frostbag, MVP of the Giant Wars, crewed in the SS Stormborn and fought alongside Elias and Red. Haldor Frostback was also in charge of the Spiced Grog at the SS Stormborn's annual Earth's birth. Manny the Mundane, accidental deity who got in the way of a lich's spell to reach divinity. When you forget to set a timer on your minced meat Earth birth pie, but remember it's on the hearth just in time. That's Manny putting their warm hand in your back pocket. Oh, putting a warm hand in your back pocket. <laughs> Daniel Yu, a.k.a. Multifor, the many-faced magician, also performs a one-person play about family dynamics around the Earth's birth hearth. Sort of a Medea's Christmas thing, but with a shape-shifting magician. I'd watch it, Jordan DJ. Legendary DJ of the realm is unfortunately working through the holidays as there will be a bunch of high school reunions and they all want Jordan DJ keeping it light. Jeffrey S., Lord of the Fjord, born of the sword a slayer of the gourd that's right jeff is showing up to harvest bounty with one of those yam casseroles covered in perfectly browned bahumia sugar clouds love them sugar clouds cutter w a high elf dandy turned crick barkitect cutter is known from bank to bank for their amazing earth's birth table displays and their brown leaf wreaths are the most sought after decor for the holiday season lex sketch the escape artist apparently the only person in bahumia who isn't afraid to go home to their conservative parents for the holidays now that the controversial Theala staged her conservative coup. Lex actually knows three to four emergency escapes in their parents' dining room alone. John S., a.k.a. Schubert the Mushroom. Earth's birth is a tough season for John S. and their brethren as many of their brethren fall to the fate of becoming delicious stuffed mushroom appetizers. Ryan M., a pickpocket in the Thieves' Guild in Frostwind who pickpocketed literally an entire Harvest Bounty feast over the course of three holidays. They pickpocketed so much, in fact, that the day after Harvest Bounty, they had to go and pickpocket Tupperware for all the leftovers. Elena, see a wild-shaping druid who always has to wear their keep calm and wild-shaped druid tee when they wild-shape into a fowl around this time of year, lest eager hunters see them and try and turn them into a Harvest Bounty bird. Andrew M., a crick so devoted to the timeout bag, they're hosting the Earth's birth after Murph's mirth soiree <laughs> in the timeout bag but what better way to digest than making out in a dark bag with all your best friends ricky aka tricky ricky of the cricky ricky heads the annual parade down the muddiest path in the crick it starts out as a bunch of neat characters in cool costumes but by the end it's just row after row of mud person michael mcd head mixologist at the blue mana inn this year whipped up a sick harvest bounty cocktail partnering with hill home's famous sap brand tree tears it features nutmeg cinnamon whiskey and organic tree tear sap. Victor T. Balnor's boy whose loving dad was ripped from his family and transported to another world. Victor T.'s never heard of Harvest Bounty or Earth's Birth or even Thanksgiving. The only November holiday he celebrates is St. Leopold's Day, a.k.a. Goose Day, in which Austrian families serve roast goose in honor of the canonization of Austria's patron saint. Henry A., <laughs> The unfortunate recipient of the Earth's birth curse, despite their best efforts, any, every attempt at cooking a traditional tangy acorn-stuffed fowl <laughs> has resulted in Henry A. burning the bird and having to order Domino's. Sure, why not? <laughs> Lance W., a fierce tabaxi that spends all of Harvest Bounty huddled up like a little loaf of bread by the hearth. It's cozy and cute as hell. They're also six foot four. <laughs> Justin I., a necromancer who rebelled against Earth's 
Earth Birth Celebration of Life by founding Earth's Dearth. This is my favorite one. I in did. which necromancers get together and cheers to all the crops that died that year, especially the ones they were able to resurrect into plant zombies. That's a good one. That's right? pretty good. That's a, you can use that for the campaign. Keep going. <laughs> Caleb can eat a full turkey to himself on the annual Harvest Bounty and not even need to take a cat nap. Clayton M., a claymation Dalmatian, who just decided to stay in Galateron for Harvest Bounty and have himself a wonderful staycation. TJM created the original Harvest Bounty when the settlers of Bohemia broke bread with the hill giants. The professional, the only lawyer to ever successfully beat Papa in litigation, but even these two bitter rivals are known to put aside their differences around the holidays and enjoy some wine over the annual Harvest Bounty. Just kidding, they argue violently through the whole meal. <laughs> Jacob Z, a dwarven baker who makes such an impressive pie spread for Harvest Bounty that a lot of people skip the main course and save room for dessert. Elena M leads the annual Renee's Harvest ba- Bounty Parade and is the head designer for all the sickest floats and balloons, currently thinking about not putting out the Theala balloon. Wow, an act of defiance. Gone off has gone off on a bunch of turkeys. Recently found out that there's an annual tradition of pardoning one one turkey in anticipation for harvest bounty which sent him into a blind rage and the dude murdered a bunch of birds mick pucks the codemaster who created our amazing website every year on harvest bounty we say the things that make us horny and this year mick pucks big brain and generous spirit gets us going Ooh. The grease my wheels. Earl and Kathleen L. A couple of warlocks who found a new way to base turkeys using a spell. It's way more complicated, takes much longer, but you can really taste the difference. Dylan M., a talented executioner who kills people with a broadsword clenched firmly between their butt cheeks. And of course, the annual Harvest Bounty tradition of the turkey beheading is always best when the bumblebee header does the honors, kills a turkey with his ass. Nice. Jive G., the person who was first to set up their Christmas decorations after Harvest Bounty. Honestly, they're putting their Christmas lights up as soon as the turkey's cleared. Corbin A. has a very inclusive Harvest Bounty complete with Tofurky for all the Bohemians who don't eat meat. They also extend an invite to the Hill Giants, but they've never made it close because they're trapped on the other side of the wall. Duh. Atlas Storm Raper, the night before Harvest Bounty, all of the realm goes out and parties with their friends from high school. Atlas Storm Reaper started this tradition. Jostrich, an ostrich named Jocelyn who was confused for a turkey by some rogue chef and they had to peck him to death. Oh, death by peck. E.L. Dreg, a.k.a. the Dregernaut, a jolly orc who opens his farm up for free apple picking leading up to the holiday. It pays back later as all their friends and neighbors bring them fresh baked apple pie from their own crop. Cameron C., the tea tea fling, makes the best cup of leaves in all of Bohemia, and every year on this holiday, we make our tea cricky. That's where you mix the hot water with crick water and trip balls during dinner. Nice. PJW volunteers at the Dwarfenage every harvest bounty. It makes the children so happy, and it gets PJW so late when he talks about it. Damiel R., probably best known from the Bohemian viral video, Dan Damiel, <laughs> but little known, who was also the star of an earlier viral video, Damiel After the Death. <laughs> Taste. I guess that's the one <laughs> that, non-Thanksgiving one. The one not sure, but that's a good one. Yeah, though. timely. Applause. Yeah, applause video for from that a one. year ago. I like that one. Quentin J started the beloved Crick Fall tradition of Harvest Cricky, where you have your whole family over and you eat turkey legs and jump into the timeout bag with anyone who is 
past a second cousin. Josh S, a.k.a. Josh Sauce. No Earth's birth festival is complete without Josh's famous cranberry fountain. Dom R, an assassin who wears a large hat with a buckle on it and murders with cyanide capsules, also known as the Grim Pill Pilgrim. Jeremy B, the cobbler goblin. If it's harvest time and you don't have a hot, sweet pile of sugary fruit, then you best give Jeremy a call. Logan C, a unicorn with a cornucopia horn. Legend has it, if you can steal one of Logan's yams, you get three extra luck points. Baby Doc, a Thanksgiving miracle. All the hospitals were closed when Baby Doc's mom went into labor, so they just delivered themselves. Nicholas R., the casserole master. Using advanced alchemy, they can synthesize any ingredients into a delicious one-dish meal. Jennifer V., the first goat person to ever celebrate Thanksgiving. It didn't catch on, though, since all the tryptophan made everyone too tired for orgies. Colin G. leads the Esri's Thanksgiving Parade Day every year. Unfortunately, the Chosen have outlawed all balloons other than Theala, Galad, and Garfield, but the show must go on. Ugh, hate Garfield. Matt H., <laughs> an awakened turkey who is currently in hiding. Best of luck on your stealth rolls, Matt. We believe in you. Jacob J., the world's only pickle pocket. Jacob steals people's wallets and replaces them with delicious dill spears they brine themselves. Okay, also. <laughs> Not a harvest bounty one. Food. Some of us committed harder than others, I guess. Destin C brings a huge pumpkin full of stew to the Crick's Giving Festival every year. Of course, they bring pumpkin stew to the Crick every other day, too, but the Crick's Giving stew has extra nutmeg and brown stuff. Devin B makes roast rat and cockroach pie every Thanksgiving for all the dwarfins. Jack W actually baked six and 20 blackbirds into a pie. Everyone hated it, but didn't want to hurt Jack's feelings, so now it's kind of their thing. John W.G., a spider who loves cider. Don't leave your glass near any cobwebs because John W.G.'s got a curly straw and they aren't afraid to use it. Sure. Okay. I want to apologize for promising that these were all going to be about <laughs> harvest bounty and earth's birth. I personally wrote them exclusively about Excuse that. Excuse you. Aaron K., an eldritch god who rules over a super savory plane of existence known only as the stuffing. Okay, we're back. From a planet-sized onion, they cast decrees about what should and should not go inside a turkey. Okay. Michael L., a gelatinous cube made entirely of mashed potatoes. It is every adventurer's dream to be suffocated within the creamy, whipped folds of Michael's buttery form. Sam H., the only human to ever get invited to a Gladehome Elf's most elusive and holy of holidays, Friendsgiving. Okay. Kelvin Noodles. You might think Kelvin would bring noodles to Thanksgiving, and you would be right. And honestly, if your linguine Alfredo tasted half as good as theirs, you'd toss out the turkey, too. Christian H., a.k.a. the Giblet Fairy. Mm. Youngins know that if you put leftover giblets under your sleeping rock, Christian will come in the night and replace them with twice as many giblets <laughs> score. <laughs> you just doubled your giblets. And finally, Haley C., who's coming down the path with a wagon full of chicken wine? Oh, shit, it's Haley C., the wino wizard. Thanksgiving is saved. Yes, thank you to all of our Patreon subscribers, all of our listeners, and uh, to all of our council of elders a happy harvest bounty to you all a and happy... most mirthful earth's birth and a mirth or mirth of earth's birth <laughs> from your friend murph <laughs> goodbye everyone that was a headgum podcast <laughs>